Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickaloaf and Dr. Zong! To and too close to him And sometimes the difference is too hard to tell With empty pockets and old worn out seats They say you feel them back Sunshine's all night And maybe I'm crazy Believing that stuff But if this is it Well, it's not enough Not enough Welcome to Silver and <laughs> What? No Too close to hell Man, I don't know why he didn't go into music more. Welcome to Silver and Gold. I'm the loaf with me, Dr. Song. And Sly singing our intro song, Daddy. Uh, this week we're doing some wrestling movies. One we've talked about for quite a while, Paradise Alley. Introed by the wonderful song you just heard. Uh, that is from 1978. And uh, b- 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 All the Marbles. Peter Falk and some hot bitches from 81. Does this mean yeah. we're going to change our intro music? I heard that's a, a thing to do these days. Eh, probably not. No reason to downgrade. <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, so we'll get into those movies soon. Sir, how have you been? I haven't talked to you this week, really. Well, uh, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, it's been all right. Um, I I came home this morning and it was snowing like a son of a bitch, but much <laughs> like I think it was last week when we went out and had like about four or five inches on our cars, came home, went to sleep, woke up at say noon, and it was all gone. So like melted off the ground, gone. It's all gone. It snowed like I mean it was coming down like crazy, and it was sticking to everything. I had to sweep my entire car off, and by the time I woke up. Which was like probably I don't know one or two. Uh, it was fifty degrees out in no snow. Nice. Yeah, like it, it. it it poured all day yesterday here, but uh, it was warm and then uh, dropped thirty degrees again. So I hope be it more. snows every day. I hope we have a new ice age. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I watched an interesting even. movie. Uh, anyway, uh, what have you been watching this week? Well, let's see, I watched a few things. Some of them were kind of. Uh, Lowy budget. Um, <laughs> I have um, this Bigelow cinnamon tea, and I put uh, honey in it. God, it's good. Nice. Make it dig hard. Uh, watch from 2011, SWAT Firefight. And that's not like a SWAT <laughs> at a fly. That's uh, special weapons and tactics. 
Um, I think, I guess this maybe was like a sequel, a straight-to-DVD sequel of SWAT with Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, well, not a, I don't think it's a sequel. I don't think any of the characters are the same. But it's, you know, along the same lines. This It wasn't bad. I mean, you know, it was an entertaining action movie. It has uh, Gabriel Mock, or Mocht, who is the uh, main guy on the TV show Suits. And the only well, it's got uh, uh, Christina or Christana Loken from uh, Terminator. Was it Terminator Three? And because uh, I was thinking, okay, Robert Patrick was Liquid Terminator, and then she was in the next one. And she seems like she is turning into the um, I don't know Billy Zane of of straight to DVD movies. She's in a lot <laughs> of shit. Uh, and Robert Patrick is also in this. So this is like a Terminator and Terminator together again. The TNT connection. TNT, dig it. Um, it was all right. It was, it, was, uh, it was worth a watch. It was on Netflix Instant Watch. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Now let's see. Let's go back one. And I watched 2005's Edison or Edison Forbes. It had about three or four different names. Now, this motherfucker had a good cast. It had Morgan Freeman, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, Justin Timberlake, LL Cool J, Dylan McDermott, John Hurd, Terry Elways. Uh, had a lot of people in it. And, but it, uh, it fucking, I don't, I wouldn't say it flopped. Because something happened that I guess I don't know if they test screened it or what, and people just shit all over it. So it never even went to the theaters. It just went straight to DVD. They held it, uh, put it on straight to DVD, which I would think with a, a cast with that many stars, it cost twenty five million dollars to make. Jesus. Now I don't know how much it made fucking regrouping on DVD, but I doubt it made twenty five fucking million. It wasn't bad. Kevin Spacey's fucking uh, rug is fucking awful. It just <laughs> looks horrible. Uh, it's a um, a uh, corrupt police uh, sh- uh, movie. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Justin Timberlake are, are um, journalists, and it's kind of like that Rampart kind of a shit where the the corrupt police were or bad lieutenant or whatever, and uh, they're exposing some stuff. LL is, like, one of the main guys, so, you know, I don't know. It, I just was surprised, because I thought, man, that looks like it'd be really good. It would. Uh, mm. uh, this was good, from 2013, uh, Kill Your Darlings. Um, this was directed by John Kroketis, and it starred Daniel Radcliffe and some other people that I really didn't know except for Ben Foster, who played William S. Burroughs. Uh, it's a true story. Um, and the characters in it, Daniel Radcliffe plays Allen Ginsberg. Um, Dane DeHaan plays Lucien Carr. Uh, and let's see, they have like uh, and Jack Kerouac. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in it, like the real people, but uh, it's just basically Ginsburg uh, when he first went to college and he falls in with uh, some of the guys who were like the beginning of the beat uh, poets and beat generation. Right. And you get to see Burroughs. The, the, the most inspired casting of all time was uh, Ben Foster as William S. Burroughs. Looks like him, sounds like him. Is just fucking weird and creepy, uh, you know, like a ghoul or whatever. But it's really good. It's um, 
I don't want to give anything away in case anybody doesn't know the story. It's not just that. There's some stuff that happened in real life, and but it's really good. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe was really good too. Let's see. I watched Cobra Nero, uh, which I it says Cobra Nero, but I would think it was Cobra Negro because it's Black Cobra. Uh, I don't well Nero and it might be uh, Italian oh, okay. Negro Negro Spanish. Oh okay okay that's probably why. And this was directed by Stelvio Masi. That movie stinks. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Cobra. I thought it was pretty fucking entertaining. It was so bad. Um, it's basically Cobra. It's uh, Stallone's Cobra came out a year before. It's pretty much the exact same fucking story except the hammer. Fred Williamson is. Uh, cobra and um or black cobra uh and the guy that is the main bad guy uh is pretty fucking awesome because he wears these um they're mirrored sunglasses but they almost look like the the mirrors look like stainless steel or something they don't even look like mirrors um i don't know everybody bitched and said how horrible it was i thought it was pretty fucking for for our uh type of Poop movies. It was poopy, and I enjoyed it. So, y'all, <laughs> uh, Detective Robert Malone is Fred Williamson. Um, and he's always, you know, he does the typical Hammer stuff where he's chomping on a cigar, and he's a little bit older in that one, but still, yeah. He directed it, I think, right? No, he did not direct it, which oh. somebody else said it was directed by that. Uh, oh, Mas- Stel- uh, Stelvio yeah. Massi. And uh, coincidentally, I don't know if they're related, but Danilo Masi was the writer, which <laughs> which uh, I don't know. They should have just said Sylvester Stallone was the writer because it was the same fucking movie. I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute, this is it's like they had the gang and the chick and they're chasing her and he's trying to help and they're in the hospital and all, you know like well, this is Cobra except no it's not it was Black Cobra. <laughs> I watched 1932's <laughs> I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang. This was directed by Mervyn Leroy and uh, stars Paul Muni as the only person that I think I knew in it. Um, there might have been a few other ones, but I didn't really look. Um, now, the thing that interested me about this one was uh, when HBO first started doing their own movies, original productions, uh, there was one called the man who broke a thousand chains and it starred a young skinny Val Kilmer and it was good. It was brutal. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, he was put on, in a, on a, a chain gang down South uh, for, I think like a crime that he didn't commit or whatever. And I mean, it just showed the brutal conditions. Well, this real guy, this is a true story. The real guy um, that happened to him and uh, he goes through different escapes and stuff like that. And, they show the brutality and everything, um, and it was pretty good, you know, for an old for an older movie, you know, oldie nineteen thirty two, you know, shit. Oh wow! So let's see here. My mouse didn't just stop working. I have to go get some batteries. Boo. Okay, next thing I watched. Come on, computer. Speaking of the Beat uh, Poets, I watched The Beat Hotel, which is a documentary on Netflix Instant from two thousand twelve. Now this is when. Um, a bunch of those guys went to France, 
and uh, they were living over there in this kind of rundown hotel. This lady, uh, she would, she had, um, I think, harbored um, some of the French resistance uh, when they were on the run from the Nazis in her hotel. And so she, it was a real cheap hotel. Um, I think that they said, you know, like, uh, I don't know if it was just a uh, 50 cents a day to stay there. So, you know, you could pay like for six months, you know, pretty easy. Um, And she liked to rent to people that were like poets and writers and painters and people like that. Um, There's a few of the guys that are still alive. And one of them was a um, photographer. So, um, and he uh, used to take a lot of pictures of all these guys and put and uh, did a book about it. And so they talked to him and a couple other people that were actually there. Uh, talk about uh, William S. Burroughs, uh, Ginsburg, uh, Orlovsky, and some other people that were um, uh, Gregory Corso. Um, and it was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm just you know interested in those those guys in that time. I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I'll uh, see here. Especially after just watching that one with um with uh, Ben Foster. I, I still need to watch or Gazara. I still need to watch uh um Factotum. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's funny. That's some good tea, man. I'll tell you what, I could drink a bucket of that shit. I watched um, another documentary on Netflix Instant from 2013, uh, Salinger, a film by Shane Salerno. And uh, this is about uh, J.D. Salinger. And, um, you know, after I posted that I watched it, you know, there were some people that said, you know, I heard this wasn't any good. And, uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of material and they just stretched it out. and It was overly long and blah, 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 blah. I thought it was I thought it was good. I learned a lot of stuff about him. Some of it not uh, really flattering, but um, I wondered if um, there was one particular thing about him. And this is just common knowledge. But it doesn't give anything away or whatever, but he uh, liked he never seemed to get past um like he if if he was um 28 you know he was going out with a girl who was like 18 if he oh. was 35 he was going out with a girl who was like 18 or 19 if he was 50 something he was marrying a girl who was 17 18 whatever and but he was also in world war 2 and went through, I mean, a lot of really horrible, horrific stuff, like D-Day and some other battles and stuff like that. And I, but my thing about that was, um, I've heard that uh, when a person experiences extreme trauma or stress uh, at a certain point in their life, that even though they may go on, that they emotionally or whatever don't progress past that point and i always wondered if that might when i was watching it if that might have something to do with why he oh, kind of wow. seemed like he was stuck in time as far as that goes but then again he might have just been a fucking pervy old man um <laughs> uh philip seymour hoffman edward norton john cusack martin sheen gore vidal and a, and a uh, there was a bunch of people that led uh 
you know, they would do like a talking heads thing with or, you know, would narrate. So it was pretty good. I liked it. I know that the Sam Uri from that show called The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema uh, said he liked it. So uh, we're in good company. That show's been on a long time, since like 77, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> what's 2009's The Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe our uh, good friend of the show, Tyler, at uh, that bullshit uh, macho, macho <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> that bullshit macho crap. That bullshit macho podcast. <laughs> I keep saying, hey, Tyler, when are you going to be on iTunes? When are you going to be on iTunes? And, and apparently he tried. But when you have the word bullshit in the title <laughs> of your thing, they, they, they frown on it. Um, if only they listen to our show. It's a good show. Well, I mean, they can listen to our show, but it's not called, you know, the, the fucking piece of shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> podcast, even though it's, it is, we all know. Uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, uh, New, or- uh, uh, Port of Call New Orleans uh, was directed by Werner Herzog. Um, now... This stars Nicolas Cage, uh, the fat Val Kilmer, who is fat in this. Uh, Exhibit is in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a bulk who uh, has the uh, big uh, – I've always said that I would – I don't know. See, now I'm thinking, you know, my niece told me that she listened to our show, and <laughs> she's like, 15 years old and i'm thinking about you know not saying that i have talked about shitting in feruza bulk's mouth so i won't say that uh she just has this big teeth man like a fucking uh i don't know a shark or something it looks like a toilet to me no 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 she looks like someone who would like be in a movie like like that like to bite all, turds. Yeah, like have shit all over her teeth, like in a German scat movie, and like then smile, and it would make me fucking vomit. But I will say this: Ava Mendez is so hot in this. Mm. God, uh, she does the um, uh, no bra shirt unbuttoned, like down to her navel deal. Wow, yeah. uh, he's really good in it. He's pretty fucking funny uh, with his. I think Herzog probably just said, you know, act like Cage. Val isn't in it too much, but I mean, you know, it was good though. It was entertaining. I, I just, it's not on the same level as um, Harvey Keitel, you know, the uh, bad lieutenant, Abel Ferrara. Uh, but still, I like it. It's a totally different movie. Uh, let's see. I watched 1947's Lady in the Lake, directed by Robert Montgomery and starring Robert Montgomery. And uh, this is a Philip Marlowe. Uh, detective movie, and I thought, mm-hmm. okay, cool, you know, I, that should be good. Oh my god! <laughs> Here's the deal: They're, they, it's like a gimmick movie. The entire movie is shot from. It's like the the uh, Vietnam movie uh, Charlie Mopeek, where uh-huh. uh, the the guy with the, that holds the camera is it, he's like a cameraman in Vietnam, so you see everything that he sees through the camera. You never see him. That's the way this is, and Philip Marlowe, Robert Montgomery, is pretty much the camera in the whole movie. The only you see every once in a while, if somebody's standing in front of a mirror, he'll be standing there talking. So it, that's kind of cool that they did that, but it doesn't work for shit. And I <laughs> really was, I was like, oh man, 
Um, let's see. I watched 2010's Caged Animal, a.k.a. The Wrath of Cain. This yeah. was directed by Ryan Combs, the Ryan Combs, and he was uh, one of the writers. And it stars Ving Rhames. And not, <laughs> not Nipsey Russell, but Nipsey Hussle. No. Oh, no. And Gilly the Kid. kid oh, I'm sorry. Gilly the Kid. But it also stars Robert Patrick, so I have a Robert Patrick thing going. He did a Robert Patrick double this week. Yeah, he really is a, a big-time uh, straight-to-DVD guy now, too. But this is a Ving Rhames uh, prison movie. And uh, he's a, a fucking total badass guy, and uh, he's in prison. And all the shit that goes on in prison movies goes on in this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Now, this was good. This was a highlight. 2013's uh Quai de Orsay, which is the French minister. Um, this was directed by Bertrand uh, Tavanier and written by Christophe Blaine and Abel Lazac. Uh, and it stars uh, I don't know, Thierry Lermite, Raphael Perrault. <laughs> Personas and Nels Arstrup. Um, this is <laughs> fucking funny. Um, it's <laughs> all about this guy that gets a job. He's a writer, and he gets summoned to uh, be the French minister's... Um, he, uh, he tells him, he goes, I need you for words. So he becomes like a one, one of the speech writers. There's like a team of them. And I didn't know anything about this. It was on iTunes, I think, for 99 cents in the independent movies. And, oh, my God, I was laughing my goddamn ass off. It's it's um, a lot more uh, – it, it deals with politics, and there's uh-huh. it really shows you probably what it's like, but it's done in such a funny way. Uh, the, uh, the guy that plays the uh, – French minister, I guess, I know I'm pronouncing this wrong. Thierry Lemite is fucking awesome. Um, now, <laughs> I'm going to cut over here real quick because my IMDb somehow fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> it does that here lately. I'll put them all in there, and then when I go back, it, um, it'll it cut off, and then I'm like, well, shit, I watched this. Okay, there's not that many more, so I don't know what happened there. Um I watch because some of them I, I'll just go real through real quick because I've already talked about Dallas Fires Club. I watched that again because one of my friends was watching it. It's you know, um, I didn't get as big of a boner over it this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I think when I was watching it and I was thinking, okay, this guy really wasn't a big time redneck homophobe. And Jennifer Garner's character was only thrown in there, you know, to give it some kind of a bullshit love story or whatever i i don't know it's still good but it just it didn't rock my world i watched sideways with paul giamatti which is still fucking funny and i watched um last night american hustle which i thought was really good i thought i i enjoyed i need to watch that and i have access to it um yeah christian so Mills home over is is very uh, entertaining and <laughs> and speaking of ava mendez in the other movie you know being brawless but having like a silk blouse that's unbuttoned down to her navel you get a ton of that in american hustle and my god jennifer lawrence is funny 
but she's hot. Ooh. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> I like her. And I watched a lot of hockey. I watched uh, the Flyers were on today playing the Bruins, and I woke up at the beginning of the third period, and they were down, I think, 2-1, and in the last 24, 22 seconds, they scored and tied it up, went into OT, and I'm all excited. Uh, went all the way through OT, nothing happened, and they had a shootout, and they lost. Oh, so and I watched some college hockey, but nobody wants to hear about that. So I watched, uh, and I watched um, a uh, so on on the WWE network, Mm -hmm. uh, like we watched. You can just hit play, and they just kind of have random things streaming, Mm -hmm. like a like a television station. Um, But I did that the other night and watched uh, an old Raw. It was like the a best of Raw segment or something like that. So they they played a Raw. I don't know what year it was. It had to have been like two thousand two, but it was. I must have stopped watching wrestling at this time because everything just seems surreal. Like Steve Austin was pissed that the NWO attacked him. I'm like, what? <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah, they brought them over there just for a. They didn't, it couldn't have been for long. They, it wasn't. Hogan, they brought him in, and it really kind of flopped. And they just got rid of him as almost as fast as they brought him in. Yeah, so it was like he he was pissed, and he was not going to leave the ring, and then. Kurt Angle came down and got him arrested, and uh, and uh, then the the Rock got an argument with Hogan, and they. Is that when Kurt they, Angle was kind of trying to be funny? Like he he would sing, he would like sing to Austin. Little almost, it was almost there. He he still had he still had hair. Yeah. Um and but he was he was the world champion at the time, I think, or maybe he was fighting for the world championship. Maybe Jer- Jericho was. But uh, the, the the whole thing they did this thing with the Rock where they Rock taking Rock off in the ambulance and Hogan rammed it with a truck with a semi truck. <laughs> That's totally WCW shit. There, let's waste yeah, a bunch of totally. money and destroy a car. Yeah, an for ambulance, yeah, not even a fucking for car. And, a, <laughs> um, and of course he, uh, of course Rock was uh, back within a month to fight Hogan at WrestleMania after being in, rammed in a mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so yeah, I watched that, and there was some other thing I fell asleep watching. It was this old like uh, Madison Square Garden show, and uh, I woke up to see a battle royal with uh, and uh, with tag team battle royal, and uh, uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik throughout uh, throughout the British Bulldogs to win the the twenty thousand dollar prize or something, whatever whatever the prize was. So. Uh, let's see some movies. I watched a lot this week. Um, I watched. Thor: The Dark World. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was really good. Um, I didn't like the first one, as everybody probably knows, but this one I liked quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I wasn't wasn't blown away, but I was entertained. I thought it was well done. I liked all the different worlds. I liked all the fantasy elements, and I, wish I had they never didn't. heard of that. Um, uh, that the dark, the main bad guy, the dark. Uh, Else that, guy? Is he from the comics? I don't yeah, know he is. But okay. I just uh, I I, had, I thought that was an odd choice. But then after I watched it, I was like, well, he you know, he was pretty. He was a good character. He's, I, I don't like Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's not that I don't like her. It's just like Jesus. I mean, she just. I, I yeah, I like I like her. I don't like her in these movies. I really didn't like her in the first one. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> what the. Uh, Let's see. But yeah, uh, Hemsworth was... Maybe you know, I wouldn't he like this. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. But uh, it, I, I liked the whole... 
<laughs> I liked when you said something about Obamacare, and then I just started trying to watch the movie, trying to imagine what it would be if it was actually a right wing like message in the movie. It was pretty funny then. Well, too, there probably so. is. You know that that new Noah movie <laughs> that Aronofsky put out is a um, left wing global warming uh, propaganda. That's what, nice. I, that's what I heard. Seriously. Nice. Oh, maybe I need to see it then. Um, <laughs> I'd have to go see anything Aronofsky does. Let's see. I watched um, El Unico Testigo, uh, the 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 last uh, witness, some Mexican movie, and it sucked ass. I thought you were going to say El Uno Testigo. It's about <laughs> the last testicle. It had a great cover, really cheap painted, like airbrush looking cover with a dude with a fucking like grenade launcher, machine gun, shotgun thing, and <laughs> and the fucking like of course of course a suburban. Every Mexican action movie needs a suburban in it, but there's not actually one in the movie. And I don't know. It had the uh, it had the the makings of a of a classic, but all it ended up being mostly was just people fucking talking the whole time. I'm like, this is boring. I want to see. It did have a really really sleazy scene where a guy uses a speculum and a coat hanger or something to rape this woman. Wow. But besides that, it was. Uh, I mean, that's going to uh, you know that's a little bit too much thought going into the rape. I don't know if it was a coat hanger, but it was some kind of wire, and uh, yeah, and and he had blood on his hands and everything. And you know, you see like another rapist would walk in and be like, "Dude, really? <laughs> Come on, you're just making a mess just here." Get to it. You know, I actually thought about buying a suburban at one time because I thought, you know, it's really big, yeah. and if you went somewhere and you just wanted to pull over, you could just like sleep and put the seat <laughs> down and sleep in the back of it and shit. You I could almost a, do that with my car. Yeah, you get a whorehound and just not even get a hotel. <laughs> I can lay I can lay the back seats in my car down flat. So, if, or I can fold them up into the wall and then I could use a sleeping bag on the floor. Hmm. Well, it's cool. just it's you know it's too much gas. Plus, you know, yeah, every yeah. Mexican with a rocket launcher would be shooting at you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that fucking senator or state senator in California that got busted for? Uh, he's big on gun control, but he got busted for selling arms illegally, and those arms included uh, shoulder-mounted missiles. <laughs> well, you, he's probably arming um, his uh, like um, uh, constituents. To fight Obamacare and abortion. No, no he's a Democrat. Oh, no. yeah, I know. Um, let's see. I watched. Dog. I watched Chain Lightning with Humphrey Bogart. He plays a depressed test pilot. Um, it was all right. Uh, I remember when uh, in uh, the Outlaw Josie Wales, that guy was like said something about. Oh, come on, Mr. Chain Lightning, you know, and and then Josie Wales fucking blew his goddamn head off. I don't yeah, I don't remember I don't know why they I don't remember them saying the term chain lightning. I'm not sure where that term It just sounded uh, cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would, it, when you said that I would have thought it was gonna be a Western, but No, it was a it was a it's a aviation kind of post World War Two and was uh he was a Bogart being a puss, like he was like all fucked up and no, I think he was like, I think he was kind of like war scarred and he was just always ready to just go fly again. And then he fucking hated his life after the war. And he was like, he, he owned a little place like to teach people how to fly and it was just boring and whatever. Well, so you he know kept taking more and more risks. People say like, um, that's a, uh, what's his name? Ray Comfort says, or, or Glenn Beck says that, you know, evolution isn't true because, you know, I've never seen a half man and half monkey. Well, I swear to God, Bogart's <laughs> like half man, half beaver. He's got some, he does, he's got some choppers, choppers and a giant head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bogey. I like um, 
I watched a lot of Godzilla this week. Mm. Um, I got in the mood. I watched uh, uh, Godzilla versus uh, Ebida or the Sea Monster. Um, this is a weird one because it wasn't originally planned to be a Godzilla movie. It was supposed to be a King Kong movie. It all takes place <laughs> on an island, and the main monster is a big lobster. And uh, but Godzilla does weird things like throw boulders and stuff like that, which is something that King Kong would do in a movie, but not you know. He hardly uses his breath. Fifty-two's fucking did the soundtrack. <laughs> yes. Um, it was all right. Not my favorite. Uh, the 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 fights with the lobster were kind of cool because some of them would be underwater, and I just. I always imagine with these suits, like, do they have to just dry it out for days? Does it absorb tons of water and weigh like so 7,000 pounds? What yeah. year was this one made? 66. Oh, it was an older one then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got into the 70s, though, but let's see. Um, if I can find the other ones. I've got, I watched, uh, let's see, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Oh, uh, oh I saw that when I was a kid. Hedora, yeah. Um, that This one's really good because it had cool little animations in it um, that's liberal propaganda against uh um, oh yeah uh honestly when we were kids and like you would the people they would talk about how the smog in like los angeles or wherever was so bad that you could barely see and everything uh and then i watched that and it seemed like it did kind of have an environmentalist uh you know that monster was nothing was just a fucking big he just well, yeah he was, he was made up <laughs> yeah he was make he was made out of shit that was floating in the sea. Yeah. And, uh, but then and, they they um, they they put filters in his butthole and and then he just burned clean coal. So they didn't have all that. <laughs> no, they dumped all the coal ash into the river. <laughs> the fucking river. God, that's even they had another one. They I like down there right after I left, um, those EPA guys or whoever they were were just in a John boat going up the fucking river and they caught Duke Energy just dumping with hoses, uh, thousands of gallons of that shit right into yeah. the river. And the cops came and said, you guys got to get out of here. You can't take pictures of this. So they left and they, and cause they said, this is, this is Duke energy property. So they left and got a helicopter and flew over and took all those pictures and they're just dumping it like crazy. I like how, uh, and I didn't drink fucking, any of the water. Ex- I drank bottled water when I was down there. I like how McCrory there's, so the, the, the mayor of Charlotte got arrested for like, basically taking money yeah. to let, let illegal shit happen. Oh, yeah. And McCrory made a statement like how, uh, you know, you know about politicians taking money and that's not the Charlotte he knows. And this motherfucker owns all that stock and Duke Energy and yeah, <laughs> everything and not doing a good goddamn thing. Fuck. Fucking asshole. I did anyway. drink water down there because I made coffee in the room. I just remember. Ah, you're poisoned. That's probably why my belly's so bloated. I was, I've been, I mean, my stomach has been bothering me for like two weeks. Maybe that's why. I, I was craving one of some of those donuts. Uh, the other day. That's why I posted that shit about that. Uh, yeah. It's like, God damn, I wish I could. I had another one. I had the creme brulee donut. It was crispy Ooh. on the top. Yes. Um, Send me a box. Go buy a box and fucking put it in the mail. I don't the care only thing the is they don't use preservatives. I don't know if they'll make it. I don't care. <laughs> I eat shit off it. I mean, I whatever. Um, I watched go- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gojira uh, Thai Biolante, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> this is Godzilla against a giant rose. <laughs> what? It's like a he's, flower? Yeah, the uh, the a scientist basically he <laughs> he takes cells from uh, roses and uh, combines them with a cell from Godzilla, and it fucking grows out of control. Um, and uh, so it's a big plant monster basically, but it starts looking like a rose at the beginning. It has a big flower on it. Um, 
This one was interesting because, I you know, with the older ones, Godzilla almost became the hero, and then there would be a uh, a monster that he would end up fighting against, like well, like Smog Monster. Yeah. In this one, Godzilla is just the asshole that they're trying to figure out how to kill, and this uh, uh, Bialante, he uh, he's almost the like the Godzilla type defender of the older movies. So when um, I was a little kid, I liked hero godzilla but now i don't like her i like asshole godzilla that just wants to fucking crush this shitty world <laughs> yeah the uh, well this is this was the first movie that took place after godzilla 84 mm-hmm. uh which was so after the 70s i forgot the different era names they have different eras yeah of godzilla um this is the second era that it took place starting with the 84 movie where he was a big dick again well, was this bef- was this before Godzilla versus the Neocons or after Godzilla <laughs> yeah. versus Duke Energy? This is pre Duke Energy. It probably caused fucking Godzilla. No, no, uh, no, no. Fukushima will cause Godzilla, and Duke Energy will cause like Smog Monster. Yes, there you yep. go. I mean, I'm telling you what. You know how like they say like 2001, like Arthur C. Clarke, a lot of the shit that he said in his movies i mean he went to like scientists and stuff like that to, to write his books so a lot of the stuff came true can you imagine if that shit came true i know Fuck it, it could up. happen uh let's see i watched um ninja 2 or ninja shadow of a tear did you watch that, this one yet that uh scott adkins scott adkins i bought that when it first came nice out. uh this awesome this was awesome. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's on Netflix Instant, and if you're worried about uh, be it being a sequel to the first one, don't even worry about it because you don't need. To. I don't fucking even remember the first one, and it requires no previous knowledge in this except that Scott Adkins is a ninja. He is so fast, and when he kicks the shit out of people, they they it, they really. I don't know if the guys have stuff on under their shirts or what, but he'll kick them and like dust will come off, and it just sounds like like uh, like somebody yeah. dropping a bag of sand or something. I mean, it sounds like it just like impact. If I if I had to complain anything about this, I wish he was a ninja for longer yeah. instead of just uh, instead of just a martial artist. And he made these fucking darts at one point and used some kind of fish yeah, oil or something or other. And, they, and it didn't really pay off. Like he threw yes. the darts, but you didn't see the dudes like suffering or there was no poisoning involved. It just it could have just been darts. It would have been fine. But I, I was hoping that there was going to be more ninja tools too. So there was, a, there was some cool uh, stuff with the with the ninja stars there. My life. I, I can't. I've, when I watch his movies, I can really do his voice because he's, he's kind of... Uh, <laughs> Has his nose plugged up or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's trying. He's always, he never does his British accent. He's always trying to hide it. So maybe that maybe he's got to speak a different way to try to do an American. accent. He really has a Russian accent, from what I understand. Oh yes, that's right. Blika. Um, uh, <laughs> wanted dead or alive? I watched that. This is a uh, a Bollywood spaghetti western. Um, it's all right. Uh, this is stars Mithun Chakraborty, a Chakraborty. He is really cool um he's one of these actors he was huge back in the day uh, a lot of people have heard of the movie disco dancer but he was in a lot of different things he was one called commando that's pretty insane um but he did a lot of these genre type pictures in the early 80s and then in the 90s all of a sudden he just decided to stop doing the big budget bollywood stuff and he started he moved to somewhere and started doing these low budget movies just to kind of give back to the community so did you eat um, stinky foot chips 
No, or no, whatever. no. I don't have any more. I haven't been back to the. I haven't been back to the store. So, um, but it was all right. It's, it's you know like a Bollywood. It, it feels its length if it's not constant. The the chicken it has a nice rack, so that helped. But it was okay. That always helps. Um, I watch a Bling Ring. Uh, this is uh, Sofia Coppola, based on a true story um, about these teenagers that break into celebrities' houses oh. in uh, in Hollywood and um, kind of like worshiping, uh, you know, the celebrity lifestyle. But they kind of keep going overboard with it um, by because they're stealing stuff and selling it, and um, it, it felt kind of like Spring Breakers, but not as good. Um, it has that it had that kind of feeling though because it was you know that yeah as you're watching it it's not it's not necessarily judging these people but you're just like Jesus Christ these all of these people are just dumbass idiots you know <laughs> <laughs> it's all right it's not great it's on uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free if anybody wants to check it out it's only like an hour and a half um, I went and saw uh, Sabotage the new Arnold movie uh, yeah. wasn't that good. It's not that good, and I'll tell One you. One of my why. friends told me uh, he went to see it, and he said, "Just he goes, you're better off just wait till it comes out on DVD." He says it's, that he didn't it's think it was not, that good. You, you know, you like you, if you like Escape Plan, it's not like that because this movie, it's taking itself seriously. It, it it turns into like procedural type stuff at one point, and like it didn't feel like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a generic. Was that one with him and Johnny Knoxville better? I didn't like that one, and you remember my whole rant on that. Honestly, <laughs> as I was watching this, I was wishing that it would be that. Really? Not that this is. I think this is a better movie than the no, last. No, I'm not a good fuck. This. Well, no. I. I. I this is a better. Watch? I think. I think this is a better movie than the Last Stand, but the Last Stand type movie was what I was hoping this was going to be. Oh. But this was like a serious movie. Well, I, mean, I thought it, wasn't... it would be serious because, I mean, they said by director of End of Watch, I thought it was going to be a really gritty, uh, you know, just... It's. I mean, yeah, it is. And it's just, but it's, there's nothing... There's nothing. I don't. I didn't expect anything to be fun in it. I thought it would be... There's, really some, there's a couple fun moments, but honestly, I wished, and in, in, I can't really talk about it without giving it away, but there, there's certain parts of it I wished were longer and stuff like that I wish was compressed more. Yes, exactly. Um, he, I mean, Arnold's pretty good. Um, I thought he looked good. I mean, for his age, he, he looked good. when they because I saw him on uh, what's that, Jack? Uh, the fucking guy that took Jay Leno's place, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, uh, Fallon. Yeah, I saw him on that, and he's got his hair kind of brown, and and he just he looked way older. They made him look younger in this movie, and he should stick to that look. Well, cool. I, I think he probably, uh, after doing Expendables and uh, and oh, Escape Plan, uh, Sly showed him how to use some uh, certain medicines to help him uh, look a little better at his age. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched uh, I watched Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea what this movie was. This is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel, uh, directed by Mark Webb, who I, I never heard might of. have seen that. It was good. Um, I saw it. He's a sad bastard, and um, and Summer is Zoe Deschanel, and he's obsessed with her, and she's kind of flighty, and I don't really want a relationship. And I he's did like, see that, and I thought yeah. I did think it was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I thought it was pretty cool. It had a good soundtrack. I liked and, her. Uh, that she, I wanted to date her after I watched that. She's a cutie. I still like her. I know, um, and you know what? 
a lot of the 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 chicks at Fleminin Kalatik fucking don't like her. They hate her. Yeah, you know why? It's Patty because she's yeah. cute. Yeah, she's cute and, and and she's talented. And you know how chicks are. Yeah, hate. They hate to see they hate to see a, a sister get ahead in the world. Yeah, you know I I she seems like a nice girl. She does. Yeah, not like a not like a, a fucking butthole that would you know I don't know. We should review some Zoe Deschanel movies. Uh, I do. No, I'd do it. I don't know if she's been in a lot, but. Um, let's see. I watched Royal Tenenbaums. Um, hadn't seen it in years. Uh, so I watched it and it was awesome. Again, still probably my favorite Wes Anderson. Um, after we record tonight, I might sneak out and go try to watch Grand Budapest again, though. It's playing a late show. Um, I, I, I really love Royal Tenenbaums. It's so like, it, this was the height, I think, of his. Maybe, you know what? Maybe. It might be uh, Steve Zissou. I was going to say the height of his like bout of where he uses his his obvious like forced style, yeah. Um, while storytelling, I think Zissou might have been even more so of balance to style over storytelling because this is not a complex story. I I, I really like Gene Hackman and I always have. Oh my god, awesome. good in it. Yeah, and um, but I, I just I don't know. It's a good one. It's good. Um, there were some moments in that movie that kind of got me a little damn. Oh yeah, it. definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I always have. I saw it in the theater a few times when it came out. Watched so. it with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I watched Faccia a Faccia. Uh, this is a Sergio Solima western starring Gian Maria Volante and Tomas Milian. Um, this one's pretty cool, nice and political. It, uh, Gian Maria Volante is a, a teacher who has health problems, and he's told to move from the East Coast out West where it's drier. Yeah, he has like something with his lungs. And while out there, uh, gets taken, um, I guess, hostage in a way by uh, Tomas Milian, who's a bandit, um, Beauregard Bennett. Um, although he looks, his name's Solomon Bennett, but he looks Mexican in it. Volante was like a real lefty political guy in real life. This was kind of cool because it, it was, you had like, you had Bennett or Milian who, um, was all about, you know, taking what he needs to survive and, and not worrying about like inflicting harm on other people and everything. And then, um, you know, Volante is, he's a pacifist. He's like, you know, we, we can do this a different way. And, but because he goes into that gang, he is much more educated than them. And he kind of falls into this lifestyle and like uses his brains to help them like rob banks and shit. And then at the same time, Milian's like kind of getting softer in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yes. Send me a link to that one. Cause I'm going to watch that. It's good. It's good. Um, Let's see. I watched. Uh, I watched one that um, I, I, I got in my time machine and watched one that's coming out in June <laughs> here in the United States. Uh, Snowpiercer, um, directed by Bong Joon Ho. Um, this is. Let's see what else he did. I, I know I could. Have, uh, he did the host and uh, and mother and memory and memories of murder. I've liked everything he's ever done a lot uh, that I've seen, and this is not different. This has um, 
Captain America in it. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans is the main guy. Um, he's really good. Uh, Tilda Swinton is really good and really disgusting. Um, Ed Harris is. Hey, in the, uh, Sammy, hears you say that. No, well, you should you should see her. She like fucking has fake teeth in the front. She's toothless and she's really old and. Ugh. Um, it has Ed Harris in it. It has John Hurt in it, kind of. He lived for a little while. Um, Kang Ho Song is in it. This is this is awesome. It's just like, and what I said it on the group. This movie is what Elysium, what I wanted Elysium to be, because yeah. it's like it's it's a, it's a train called the Snowpiercer, and so hum- basically, oh, I think I saw the trailer. Yeah, or a- hum- humanity has figured out a way, or at least they thought to solve global warming by injecting this chemical and or like releasing this chemical in the sky, but it inadvertently creates an ice age. So yeah, well, we were just talking does. about that. Right. So the, there's this one rich guy that basically has this perpetual engine train that can keep itself warm, but it has to keep moving. And um, people that make it onto this become the last of humanity. And the train is divided up. And it's almost surreal at times, because if you think about how it works, it doesn't really make sense. But all the way at the back of the train are all the poor wait people. Wait a minute, wait just, a minute. What? If it doesn't make sense, then I can't enjoy it. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry. Um <laughs> But like all the people at the tail end of the train, uh, they they just eat these bricks of protein and they're just there. Uh, and they they're fed by the by the uh, the military guys who are um, you know sent there by the rich people that from the front part of the train. Um, rich people. It's it's really good. It's really good. This is a purchase when it comes out, certainly. Um, and then the last thing I watched, long one. Uh, I watched Shotgun Stories. I know you're not a big fan of that one. <laughs> I, I, I like this one a lot. I, I bought it on iTunes. Um, uh, I had some uh, money to spend, so I bought that and Mud, a couple Jeff Nichols movies. So um, didn't rewatch Mud yet, but I will. So um, Shotgun Stories is still I, I still like it a lot, and I, I, I'm a big fan of these quiet uh, stories that usually that take place in the South like that because it makes me think of it makes it reminds me of growing up. You, it's, you, it's, you're kind of like Mud. Um, <laughs> now, how, what, what, what this is just like a. I don't know. Question. Okay. <laughs> What's your philosophy now on purchasing DVDs now that so much is so available? Like, I'm done. I'm. I you bought just bought one. Mud and it's on fucking Netflix Instant. Well, uh, you know, I, I bought it because I had money to spend. It's. It's. I could have just watched it on Instant, but it's one I would have purchased the Blu-ray of. I mean, I have it too. I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. I was thinking, like, okay, uh, when I go to the store now and I see, like, regular DVDs on the rack and I see something that's pretty cheap and I'm like, eh, you know, and then I'll go look at the Blu-rays. But now I'm getting aware there's so much shit that, and it, like I said, you get on your, whether it's on my cable or whatever or yeah. streaming on online, uh, and it's in HD. Yep. And I'm watching, I just have um, box after box after. I have a closet in there that has comic books and DVDs and VHSs like stacked to the goddamn ceiling. I'm 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 done with uh, buying physical media. Um, I've bought one. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, well, it's you like what? when I take you go to the store and you just want to go and I, I know I'll still if I see something I'll just be like ah fuck it because I, I like buying myself a little treat. I do too, but if I, what I'll what I'll do if I'm there and I see, 
if I see something I would pick up off the shelf, I'll just hop on my phone and see if it's on the iTunes store. Yeah. Um, but I've bought two discs this year that, so far. Mm. I've bought, um, and this is because I wanted to support it, and this is one I forgot to say that I watched. I watched. I bought Killing American Style. The another you know, We did a couple Amir Shervan movies. This is another one that... Uh, what were the ones the company. we did? Uh, we did Hollywood Cop and Samurai Cop. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is the same kind of thing. This has Zadar and uh, Harold Diamond, Jim Zadar. Brown looking really tired in it. Um, but this is uh, Killing American Style. I can't remember the name. Let me see who the name of the company that just they did the other ones too. Um, Killing American Style DVD. Uh, um, I wanted to support the the people releasing it so i bought the disc of it um this is cinema epic to put this out i can't believe the way they clean this up because the only way i'd seen this before was a like a test print with a fucking time stamp on it and stuff this is widescreen it looks fantastic um so you know if you're a fan of those movies go and support those guys and pick this one up they are fun um, it's it's okay. You can buy it for twenty three dollars on Amazon Prime, or there's people selling it used already on Amazon for thirty six dollars. So fuck you, jerks. Um, <laughs> um, but the only other thing that I bought, I bought it the other day. I bought. Uh, I wanted to see. I've been wanting to see Il Devo. Um, yeah. The, uh, but it's not anywhere streaming. Um. So it's not. On, it's, I can't buy it's it on. Really cheap though. For so why I is know. it so cheap? I bought it I for like know. a couple of bucks on Blu-ray. Yeah, I bought it. Um, I, I looked on Amazon. See, and I, I want to keep my digital movie collection to based to iTunes, just because I, I can only have to use one player. So it's gonna be easier. Yeah. But they they had it on Amazon Video. You could buy it for ten bucks, um, or fucking the Blu-ray was six. So I was like, well, I'll just order this. I have free shipping anyway. So I bought that, even though it's kind of like, well, I didn't want to really want to buy a disc because, you know, everybody saw my fucking dis- depressing picture of me throwing away hundreds <laughs> of Blu-ray boxes, DVD boxes. Um, eventually, I'll get to digitizing those. I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, cut down all the stuff that I have piled around everywhere. So. Clutter. And yeah, and I can, I can just sync a movie to my iPad and take it with me to watch at work or something or my lunch break. So I don't know. I like the digital movies easier. Anyway, Killing America Style, I'll watch that too, so... Um, and that's it. That was a lot of movies. Fuck, that was a long intro. Let's take a break. And uh, you got a preference what we do first? Let's do Paradise Alley first. Okay. We'll we'll save the best for... Li- Wait, what? Do the best first. Sorry, Sly. I meant Paradise Alley is the best. We'll be right back with a review of the best action movie of all time, Paradise Alley, after this. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal, you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. 
Russia. All right. Paradise Alley, 1978. Three Italian-American brothers living in the slums of 1940s New York try to help each other with one's wrestling career using one brother's promotional skills and another brother's con artist tactics to thwart a sleazy manager. Directed by Sylvester Stallone. Written by Sylvester Stallone and starring Sylvester Stallone and some other people that don't matter as much. As Sylvester Stallone. Zom, you've seen this a few times. Yes! I've seen it one time now. Jeez. What did you think of... Well, why don't you give us a little little, little knowledge of Paradise Alley. Okay, let's, let's go back in time. And okay. when this first came out... Okay, now, when I was a kid, my two favorite wrestlers were Perry Funk, because he was the world heavyweight champion yeah. uh, for about a year. Um and um, he beat Jack Briscoe when he um, stepped in as a, uh, a replacement for his brother, Dory Funk Jr., and he beat Jack Briscoe. And so he was like my favorite wrestler, and then Wahoo McDaniel. Paul Jones was a big favorite, too. So anyway, um, when this first came out, I, was sh- I shit myself because <laughs> I was like, fuck. Because at that time... 1978 you know nowadays with the rock being in a movie now you had mm-hmm. guys back in the day like uh, iron mike mazurki or lenny montana who was in the next movie we're watching and who played luca brazzi and the godfather you had guys like that that were uh hard boil haggerty uh that were old wrestlers that were in movies but they were for the most part way before my time like from like the 40s or you know, fifties or whatever. I saw a really shitty one with gorgeous George in it. Like a, it was a noir and it was terrible. Was that the, the, uh, uh, not something girls. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was called because I remember seeing that too. Uh, Seneca girls or something like that. Um, so anyway, um, no, no, you know, finding out that Terry Funk was in this, I was like, Oh God, I gotta watch this. I have to see this. So bad. Oh, Oh, it was alias the champ. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but and I, and when I saw it when I was a kid, I loved it. I was like, "Oh God, man, that was so good." That was like, "Oh my God, they had wrestling in it," you know, because you just didn't see uh, wrestling. And if they did have it in a movie, they would kind of portray it as being goofy or phony or stupid or whatever. And then this yeah. one, they kind of portrayed it as being you know more realistic and real. And Stallone was really big at this time. I mean, you know, he had done Rocky and everything. Now, um, watching it this time. <laughs> okay, now here's the deal, people. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The, the history behind this movie is that Stallone, this was like one of the first movies that he wanted to make. And he couldn't get anybody to finance it or anything. And then when he hit it huge with Rocky, then, you know, he's on top of the fucking world. And they would they wanted to make anything that he wanted to. And he's like, well, fuck, I got this thing. You know, it's called Paradise Alley. You know, let's, let's do it. Let's make it. Now, I read that he wanted this to be like an all-African-American cast. And it was going to take place, you know. But he said he couldn't get anybody to finance it, you know, for whatever reason. Mm. I don't know why. Um so they decided to he decided to make it Italian American and guess what? Oh So <laughs> now you would think, I, I like my, my cool log hair and my crooked hat and my earrings. Yeah, my hair it's a trademark. 
so anyway, um, you would think after now at first looking at this and thinking, okay, Stallone's going to be in a wrestling movie uh, right after doing Rocky. You know, the first thing I thought was, okay, Rock, uh, Stallone's. Before I knew anything, he's going to wrestle. And oh, he's, I, was, I thought he was going like to a sports guy. You know, because he's a pretty good sized guy, and um, I wasn't as much disappointed in that because he's kind of a, a little twerp. And uh, <laughs> well, you didn't realize that by when you yeah, I mean, by if, that time, if they would have put him in the ring with the guys his own size, yeah, he would have probably. Jesus Christ, how fucking huge does Terry Funk look in this movie? Terry Funk. So, so I grew up <laughs> watching wrestling. Good. Yeah, I, I grew up watching not wrestling. Huge. No, he's not. But I grew up watching wrestling at a time when Hogan was the the big. That was the thing. And Hogan is a fucking freak of nature. Right. You know, steroids or not, Hogan is goddamn naturally 6'8". He was like 300 pounds when he was 12. He's just <laughs> he's just a monster. And so any, anything down from there, right. you know, look. And so when you, when you would watch, and I watched both. I watched WWF and NWA. And Terry Funk was, I don't know what, honestly, I think he was, when I started watching wrestling, he might have been doing the... Japan thing. He was kind of all over yeah, the place. And he, and, and by that time, by the time Hogan um, came into it and Funk was in like uh, WWF, he was yeah, toward the end of his a, career. Yeah. I mean, well, he started, of. well, he's, yeah, because he went on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> but he started in like the, <laughs> I think the early, or probably like mid 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Late he started, 60s. he started around, his, like, he got Hanson in and Hanson started in the 70s. So, he was late sixties, yeah. and by you know by the early eighties he was wrapping up the I guess the the golden part of his career, which he had a he had a comeback in the in the late eighties in, in in WCW with Flair and stuff. But he was kind of all over the place. And then well you know then you had the early eighties of all of his Japan stuff yeah. with his brother and but against a lot of pro wrestlers he's not he was never a huge guy it's in this average, kind of movie height and average. Wait, yeah. He looked gigantic in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to think too is um like when you see Hogan and Stallone in Rocky three. <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> he looks like I mean Stallone looks I mean barely comes up to his fucking chest. So that you know, that just shows well, you Well that's probably reality too. Well I mean, yeah, probably... they probably had Hogan stand on something because I don't think he's as tall. I don't think Hogan is as tall. They always said Stan Hansen was uh Six foot, uh, I don't know, or Brody or somebody like that. I think Hanson said Brody was only like six four, and they always said he was like six eight. They always raised the height and stuff. Uh, well, say Hogan is they they list him on Wikipedia six seven. Yeah, I mean, he's tall. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Funk uh, is in this, and he to me is one of the highlights of the fucking just because <laughs> he he's he's been around wrestling for so long that. He knows how to play the bad guy and everything. Yeah. Now, the one thing about this movie that really fucking screamed at me, because I watched it last night again, um, is at the beginning, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awful. And the main reason it was so awful was – and this goes to like Expendables 2 and some of those movies – is when Stallone is trying to be funny – and he's trying really hard to be funny. <laughs> he's just an obnoxious. He's, he's first of all, he's not funny, and he no. comes off as just so obnoxious that it's not even like a funny 
obnoxious. It's an annoying fucking obnoxious. Now, when you get further into the movie and he ditches all that shit and starts being more serious, he's way better. He's way better. And I tell you, he's outshone entirely by Armando Santos. Oh, yeah, Armando plays one of his good. I like he's him. really good in this. Now, I did, I had heard, now this was, I think, Armando Asante's first, like, he was in some other stuff, but he wasn't, like, one of the main guys. This yeah, is they, well, in the, in the intro credits, they're, they're like, and introducing Armando yeah. Armand Asante, which, I can look at his IMDb. Yeah. He's probably in a few things. Yeah, TV series. Played some kind of bit parts. This is his first. Yeah, this is his first. Yeah, where he's thing off TV where he's a starring role. Yeah. Well, now um, I had heard that he. I think he and Stallone were in Lords of Flatbush together. Now I don't know if that's where they met or if they knew each other when they were kids because I had heard that they were like really good friends, and you know coming up and everything. And it it might have had more to do with them being you know in Lords of Flatbush, which was like Stallone's first. Big movie where he was like a star, not a star, was, but like was Stallone friends with with uh, that Frank McRae guy too? Because yes, he was he, Frank McRae. He's been in a few things. It's, it's, I I don't know. I, I I imagine it's more. It's probably they probably they might have been friends, but I'm just saying like uh, how some guys bring along their crew. Yeah, that's what they like work with because he was in that uh, prison movie with him and some other stuff. Yeah, he was in Fist. I like Frank McRae. I mean, he's dead now. Yeah. Stallone. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Stallone makes this movie, and wait, is he dead? I think he's I dead. Think he's, I don't think he's. Well, I don't know. His IMDb doesn't say dead. Well, I think he's dead. Um, I thought he was too, honestly, until I just read that. Um, huh. Doesn't say he's dead. Uh, well, born in forty-two. He um. So Stallone plays Cosmo um, Carboni. <sighs> Carboni, yeah. And they're the Carboni brothers, which you have Cosmo, who is kind of the shyster. He never has a job. He always tries to find ways to make money, uh, like without having to work. Yeah. Playing a cripple veteran or or just just he's one of these guys, I think he's like almost too smart for his own good, but not smart enough to to actually anything right right then he's got a brother victor who is kind of uh sans brains but all physical i mean the big guy played by lee canalito now lee canalito in his face i think he kind of looks like a young marlon brando uh he's big i think they said he was like six five or something i thought he might have been a wrestler but it looked uh, like he was a boxer only well but i don't think he was a boxer if i remember correctly because i really followed this because i love you know the funk and this movie you know when mm-hmm. it's good i don't think he became a boxer until after this movie because oh. he you know you i guess stallone failed oh yeah so well i don't know was a professional heavyweight boxer from 77 to 87 because yeah. i was thinking that, that he just uh, started that Stallone kind of um, Stallone was in, you know, with Rocky and shit. He retired undefeated. Yeah, he, but he didn't fight anybody. He wasn't any good or anything. I, I used to be big into boxing and everything. And he fun. once boxed on national television. Hey, he, can you say that? And you know why he boxed on national <laughs> television? Because he was in this movie because Stallone was fucking managing him. That's the only reason. <laughs> Believe me, I remember. Um, and Armand Asante is Lenny, his brother, and he's a, a war veteran. And he's kind of he walks with a cane. He must have gotten hurt in the war. Yeah, yeah. And um, and now he works in a 
like a the morgue, uh, which is funny because he'll, <laughs> they have at, at this time it's it's uh, right after World War Two, and so in the morgue when they would put the bodies in these it was my uncle I mean everybody did my grandma had one they called them an ice chest didn't have a refrigerator so you had this this thing and you would put like a block of ice in it and then you put your food in there and it would keep it cold well they did the same thing at the morgue because they didn't have you know like electric freezers and so his brother works for an ice company the big guy uh victor and and um so he goes in there and what's funny is lenny will have a dead body in the ice box thing of the of the morgue and but he'll open the door up and there'll be a dead body in there and he'll have his sandwich and his milk in there keep <laughs> it cool for his lunch so that was kind of so you you have like um um that atmosphere uh i don't know i imagine this was a, sh- a lot of it was shot on like studio sets and stuff because i mean you know i, I think there was one scene they said that uh at the beginning when ann archer is walking down the street and uh, Cosmo is obnoxiously trying to hit on her, which is so. I'm just like, oh my god, I want to vomit. And some, and it says, and the in like the goofs thing on IMDb that a uh, 1977 or 76 uh, station wagon, you can see it driving by in the, you know behind. The <laughs> but um, so Cosmo, like I said, he's kind of a shyster guy. And but he has the hots for Ann Archer, who is very good looking. She's mm-hmm. in this, and um, you don't know what's going on there. But she just kind of, you know, she goes along with him, and she likes him. But she, you know, she doesn't go out of her way to, you know, if he tries to put the moves on her, she kind of, you know, keeps him at a certain place and doesn't let him go any further than you know, just give kiss on the cheek or whatever. And so, um. Stallone, his it's it's of course he wrote it and directed it, so the movie is based around his character, and you know it's giving him a chance to shine with his acting skills, and he always <laughs> wanted to do comedy, and then and then and then also shows you like, um, I don't know what it is if he if he thought he was a Renaissance man, uh, because he always wanted to do comedy and he sucks at it. He always wanted to sing, and he fucking sucks at it. He always, no, that song was good. Like fucking the shit when he started, like oh, I'm a fucking painter like Picasso. You know, it's like give me a goddamn break, dude. Okay, you have a niche, <laughs> and that's basically what you can do. And you are uh, third rate at best at some of this other stuff. So, but I mean, he tried, I guess, <laughs> because that singing. I remember like when. At this point in time, like on the Fall Guy, Lee Majors fucking sang the goddamn theme song of <laughs> Fall Guy. And you would always have these guys, and they would try and get – like Joe Namath, I think, at one time. They tried to get him to sing or some uh, – Joe Frazier. I mean he couldn't even fucking hardly Ooh. speak because he was punch drunk, and he'd be up there. You know, it's like, dude, no, I mean, ugh. So, but this was also a time when everybody had a variety TV show and stuff too. So uh, Cosmo – uh, they go to by chance. He sees uh, Big Glory, who is Frank McRae, and they go to they go to he goes to this bar, which the guy that, uh, that owned the bar, what the fuck was his name? Um, Stitch, Kevin Con- Stitch. Conway, who is a good actor. Uh, boy, he plays a sleazy scumbag. He's got like fucking this gold teeth. 
<laughs> and and uh, his dad, it's like the, their family bar Mahones, but he's like, and he has his uh, goon squad who aren't very impressed, with the exception of Frankie the Thumper, who is Terry Funk. Uh, none of them, they're kind of like little Weasley guys. Uh, you know, they're the kind of guys that would pull a switchblade on you, but you know, yeah, yeah. which happens, put a knife to your throat or whatever. And um, um, so Stallone kind of has a a banter going back and forth with Stitch as far as always, uh, you know, them needling each other. And Stitch has this gang of goons, so he'll say stuff to Stallone about his mother or about something, you know, about uh, uh, Victor being stupid or retarded or whatever. And he's not really, he's just, he's like slow. I mean, yeah, he's not, he's just not bright. He can function, he's just not really smart. But he has a hot, he has a chick, so, you know, whatever. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so he sees they they used to have these things um, where if you can get in the ring with this wrestler and stay in the ring with him for two minutes or three minutes or one minute or whatever, right, right, they'll give you such and such amount of money. Now, I actually saw this at one time at a local uh, independent wrestling show where I live right now at the Armory, and um, they had this guy. And they said if you can get in the ring with him and last like a minute or two minutes, um, they'll give you such and such an amount of money. And these guys, I mean, you could tell they were just like college students from the crowd and stuff. Get in there, and this guy would just eat them alive and throw and fucking drive them out of the <laughs> ring. Well, it was Greg Wojcikowski who was a fucking Olympic heavyweight uh, wrestler. I think the year that they went, he they were supposed to go. Uh, and it was when they did the Afghanistan and or Russia invaded Afghanistan and Carter boycotted the Olympics or something like that. Oh. So Wojciechowski didn't get to go. He was like, but he was like a national champion at Ohio state and everything. He was really good. And so he would just destroy these guys. And Adrian Adonis used to do that. And I remember some uh, like Bob Roop, who was a, I think a bronze medalist in the Olympics used to do it. And he said he hated it because you never knew what you were going to get. He said, you know, yeah. some guy might get in there and kick you in the balls. He might fucking stick. Uh, Tim Woods, who was a national uh, champion wrestler who wrestled as Mr. Wrestling. And then there was Mr. Wrestling 2, which was his partner. Um, he did that. They had that challenge deal. And this guy who was supposed to be, it was like down south, I think. And uh, the guy was supposed to be a, like a local tough guy, bar brawler guy. And Woods ate him up because he was a really great amateur wrestler. The guy, but the guy fucking bit his finger off. Jesus. And there's a picture of it in the wrestling magazines. He, he must, I mean, just had him in a certain point and the guy was like, well, fuck him. And he bit his, the like down to the second knuckle, bit his damn finger off. Ugh. So anyway, and that's the second wrestler finger-biting offer story that I have because one time uh, <laughs> Louis Martinez wrestled a bear. Uh, I think it was Ginger <laughs> the Wrestling Bear or something like that. And uh, his finger went inside the muzzle and the, the bear fucking bit his finger off and ate it. Because Don Fargo was talking about that. He said, he said he's like, you see this look of horror on his face and he looks over and you, the bear was over in the corner just going, Jesus. eating his finger. So anyway... He sees Big Glory at uh, Paradise Alley, which is this bar, and they have a thing where the guys can get in and wrestle. And Big Glory is this big black guy, and he just fucking beats the shit out of these guys and throws them out of the ring. And this big sign comes down that says "Another Bomb," and it's kind of cool. That that's thing that whole uh, 
way they had that set up was cool. Spinel. Yeah, and Spinel wearing the fucking clown and nose and the yeah, he was a big jerk. Stallone uh, friend from like childhood mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, he was an asshole. But I mean, you know, but they they recreated that time period really well, like in the bar and everything, and how that all went down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had the little dude that would uh, tap dance in the ring in between rounds. So, of course, Stallone uh, or uh, Cosmo gets the bright idea. Okay, my brother's this big fucking strong ass motherfucker, and I can manipulate shit out of him. We ought to have him get in there because you win a hundred dollars, and he gets in there with Big Glory. Well, Big Glory's kind of an old, not washed up, but he's just a you know he's an old veteran, and Victor is you know, this young guy and he's fucking in shape. And so, um, he ends up winning and that sets everything into play. Well, um, Armada Sante at first, he doesn't do that much because he's kind of a sort of like a burnout kind of a person. Like he's been seen the horrors of war. He, he came back a cripple and he thinks he, he just is like, I think content to, uh, do, his do his job, job. and then go yeah, get drunk, and that's it. He's given up on life, pretty much. Which, which you can say whatever you want about Cosmo because he's so fucking obnoxious that it, it makes you want to turn the TV off. But he wants to um, be more. He's not given up on life or anything. Now that one chick that um, there's a blonde in this that looks like Seika. <laughs> <laughs> and she, her, she, she has a thing going on with Stallone, with uh, Cosmo, and now Ann Archer was really hot in this. She's really pretty, but there was a couple of scenes in this. They they kind of I think were try to capture the the movies of the era too, and there was a couple of times like where she was talking to uh, Lenny, who is Armando Sante, and I was like, oh my god, this is kind of melodramatic, you know, kind of yeah. Uh, uh, lines that she's doing but the chick that there's this blonde that shows up and uh, and you're thinking okay her and cosmo have this thing and she really likes him but then he kind of he doesn't want anything to do with her other than to fuck her because he likes ann archer but then it comes out that she's a prostitute that he sees all the time and i thought she was hot but i thought i remembered at one time because i looked her up because i thought she was so hot um that her and Stallone were actually like dating at this time or something. Oh, wow. That was his girlfriend. And then I saw that she was like uh, Anthony Hopkins' girlfriend. So we came this close to having Anthony Hopkins play Cosmo. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Whatever. Might have been more interesting. Yeah, probably. But you get um, a- apparently Frankie the Thumper, who is Terry Funk, is an actual wrestler. He doesn't do the, um, the bum of the night thing where he you can try and get in and wrestle him he's an actual like heavyweight contender kind of a dude yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a champ or whatever i don't know but he's fucking funny because he does the stupidest shit they got his hair cut like in a jack dempsey sidewall thing where it's like shaved all the way around on the sides <laughs> and like you said it makes him look because all these actors i think with wrestling because all wrestlers are so big uh when you have these actors who are all like Either little guys or you know regular size guys. Funk did look way. He looked like fucking Frankenstein, and they. And I, 
I don't know if they, yeah, he always put in fake teeth, but I, did they shave his eyebrows off too? Yes, I think they did. because Okay. There, he looked like fucking sloth from Goonies a couple yeah, times. Yeah, when he was arm wrestling Victor at the beginning and the sweat was dripping down his face, the little fat was jiggling on his cheek. And, <laughs> but that's the thing. Funk knows how to sell and he yeah, knows how yeah. to be, the, how to be a, a real good villain. And I love when he would say stuff to Victor and he'd get in his face and he, and he would like say the peas and like spit. Puke. Yeah, and his hair would blow. The dude's hair, uh, Victor's hair, <laughs> would like blow back. Just fucking hawk right in his face. Or... What uh, what did I see recently where somebody threw Funk through a glass door? He was a bodyguard in a movie I saw recently. I gotta look that up. He's been in a lot of low budget shit. I mean, yeah. Well, of course, uh, Roadhouse. But he, it wasn't but... Roadhouse because I haven't watched that recently. Let me. I'll figure it out. Go ahead. But um. The, the, they add a lot of comedy to it with even though Stitch. Oh, it was it was over the top. Oh yeah, okay. I haven't yeah. seen that one in a long time. That goddamn yeah. team with <laughs> some fucking turds. Um, just think if Stallone would have came to the conclusion that Rocky and Rambo and those kind of movies were his movies, and w- when he was in his prime, would have stuck to that. Instead of making some of this shit, you yeah. know, but you know, I mean, there's genre classics like Over the Top. It was dumb as fucking hell. But you, you know, know what? I I wish Sabotage was a sly movie. It would have been better as a sly movie. You think? Yeah, I'm gonna have, because I'm gonna go see it because I get. I'm thinking I'm gonna love it. You you were thinking. I just think that you were hoping it was more of a. I was hoping it was going to be more of an action movie, but I've, I've seen Sly and more of these type movies that are kind of more serious yeah. than I have Arnold. Um, and, you know, like, a, well, Escape Plan, Arnold was so good in that, and he had the charisma and everything. Yeah. And this one, he's like, he's depressed, and uh. he's like brooding all the time. And, <laughs> like yeah. Lenny in Paradise Alley. Yeah. So, but the thing about that I liked about Stitch and his gang was that... Um, they were kind of buffoons themselves. Even though Frankie the Thumper was huge and could beat the fuck out of everybody, he was a goof. Like yeah. he, <laughs> when Stitch would be like, "Frankie, do I look older to you?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's the mirrors got dirty." And then he gave him his um, he gave him his uh, Christmas present. And the Christmas present, he got him a, a robe that just says "kill, kill, kill" like all over, which was fun. <laughs> and then, but he also gave him these fucking like vampire fangs. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. That was really weird. It looked stupid. They looked. They didn't look scary. They looked stupid. And there was that one point where uh, he put him in. He was like, "Thanks, thanks, uh, Stitch or whatever." And he goes, and it's like they were like, uh, there was like a caring relationship <laughs> between this big fucking monster and him. But the one funny part was uh, when Big Glory and Cosmo were driving that truck, and, they, and they're drunk as shit. They're just fucked up. And they smash into Mahone's bar, and they're like, ha, 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 and they're just all fucked up. And you look over at Stitch and Frankie the Thumper and their gang, and Frankie's just standing there with his stupid ass fucking fangs in. He looks, <laughs> like halfway hanging out of his mouth. He looks like a goddamn moron. So I liked the I liked the parts with uh, Frank McRae when they go and visit him in his. Um, I guess it was like the boiler. His du- his dungeon. Yeah, that was so. It was sad. Yeah. And he was kind. Of, I think he was embarrassed. That they saw him there, you know, and everything. And then when, when uh, 
he him and I, I like that they went back to him because they could have just went away from that. But they they uh, Cosmo goes and seeks him out, and yeah. he kind of gives him advice and everything. And I like that that whole thing. And when he told about like uh, he had said something about his family, and then you get a reveal about you know his family and uh, yeah. and that stuff. It was it was really sad, and and it, I don't know if I don't want to say it's out of place. It just seemed like at the beginning of the movie, it was everything was played for Stallone's stupid comedy and it was just so dumb and then when it started getting more into the serious stuff and he dropped all that shit you had some good scenes where the second half of the movie was really much better the, yeah. and it, it and this is probably why i wasn't a huge fan of it was that I, I was losing patience with oh the first yeah half of the movie. big time i've seen it and i was i was like god i wish he'd shut the fuck up <laughs> but you had good scenes with him with stallone and um um Armand Asante, yeah. because they have this friction over something uh, that comes out. You you have a change in Lenny, who's Armand Asante, where he uh, um, he kind of comes out of his shell, and you're glad that he comes out of his shell. But then it it morphs into more, and 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 then there was a a scene with uh, Ann Archer and. Um, but it was both girls and Stallone where he's kind of hurt. Oh, it all revolves around the same thing that happened, but yeah. he's kind of hurt and he's just kind of venting. Yeah, and yeah. it showed, and I was watching, I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, he's actually pretty, he's actually not bad. He's, he's good in these scenes. I wish that he would have played it. I mean, I know that's what the character was. He was supposed to be kind of an obnoxious guy who just runs his mouth all the time but it was so annoying and so obnoxious <laughs> and he's not funny he doesn't have any kind of com- comic timing but maybe he wasn't supposed to but it it just did not work at all yeah, like you said the yeah. first half of the movie really he just fucked it up destroyed it there was some funny shit in it that you can tell now Stallone's humor that's funny is shit that he's probably done or he comes up with it's like physical stuff like when the guy would try and rob him remember when he was oh, like when he, the street when he hit he hit one dude with the trash can lid that was pretty funny <laughs> he yeah i was saying he hit wrong when he was dressed like santa claus he wailed on that one dude with a trash can lid yeah, that was pretty cool he had that one i think that i think that might be proof honestly that sly invented hardcore wrestling too it might be but he hit it, hit that guy with the trash can lid, and I'm thinking it might have been supposed to be the same guy. And Stallone was dressed like Santa Claus and had the bag with the presents in it or whatever. And the guy tried to rob him again, and he beats yeah, the, the, guy the with Santa the, Claus was, the, was at the beginning of the movie. the the uh, The trash can lid was later on. And the and the the like I said, the physical stuff, like when he wakes up and he reaches up to pull the light switch. Or the light thing, and it <laughs> just comes off and hits him in the fucking face, and he's just like, "There's this pause," and he just goes, Ugh. and the cockroaches <laughs> and shit. That kind of stuff he's funny at, but when he's trying to give these one-liners and stuff, it's just grueling. Um, the wrestling in it is, especially now, because uh, what's his face, um, Victor. Victor. You know, he's green, and you know he's just an actor. He's not a wrestler or whatever. So they kind of work around that where the other guys – if you watch the wrestling where they do the montage, 
you'll see like Don Kernodal. I saw Ray Stevens. I saw Dick Murdoch. And I looked at the list of people that were in like Gene Kaniski, uh, Don Leo Jonathan. There were there was, guys there that knew how to take a bump from yes. anybody. Uh, you could they they Victor would do the kind of the strongman stuff, and those guys would fly for him. Uh, and, and it didn't look bad. The montage thing looked pretty good. Uh, and then the match at the end, I can't for the life of me figure out why. When they're in the bar, why was it fucking raining? It's raining like the bar didn't have a roof. I know. I was like, did they? Sense. Did I miss something? Did they explain that there was a hole uh, in the roof or something? And, and it just um, it it, <laughs> it created a, a kind of a cool effect. When they, I'll the bet, in the wall. I'll bet Sly was there, was fucking jizzing his pants because he thought it was the coolest thing. And Terry Funk, having been in the ring for fifteen years by this point, was like, dude, really? I have to fucking perform on a wet mat. This is gonna suck. Heard like they used to, they every once in a while they would have like outdoor shows at a ballpark or something. Yeah, and it seemed like it was notorious that almost every time they would do it, it would fucking pour down the rain. And Ken Patera was talking about, they had one in Florida and he was going to wrestle dusty because it was supposed to be superstar Billy Graham against dusty. And, and he couldn't make it because the weather was so bad. It was like a hurricane or something. <laughs> and they got in the ring. He said, walking to the ring, the water walking across the baseball field, the water was up to your, above your ankles and he said he got in the ring and he's waiting for Dusty. Dusty came out and like jumped over the top rope and landed flat on his ass because he slipped. He yeah, I could, you fucking he fell on break his your ass. ankle. Yeah. So anyway, but the, but that match at the end that it culminates in, it did look kind of it looked cool because of yeah. the water thing. Did look cool. It was confusing to me the the, the rounds. Yeah, they did rounds, which is like more which still owns a boxer. Plus, they in in England. And in Europe, in England and Germany and stuff like that, pro, pro wrestling, they do rounds. Uh, so that's a you know that's just a thing. But I think you know who knows. Slides slides has a very European sensibility. But not obviously. only that was the, uh, <laughs> the conclusion of the match. You know they say well you you kind of didn't know they went back and forth of who. Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. But anyway, um, what do you? What's your thoughts on this term? Um, the uh, <laughs> I've put I've I've said most things. But I thought that I saw. Well, first I thought that I saw Tom Waits on the poster that I posted. Yeah, he was in it. And then I thought I saw him in the bar, and I was like, "Wait, was that fucking Tom Waits?" And then then he was actually actually have a conversation with him, it's, and his name is Mumbles. Um, he's the piano player in the bar. And I'll tell you what. For him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If yeah, if. If Sly was smart, he would have fucking gotten Tom Waits to do that intro song instead of... Oh, yeah. That would have been... You know, just you saying that, it's like, yeah, that would have been fucking awesome. It would have been much more sense, but Sly no, probably had to get it in to himself. fucking feed his own stupid fucking... <laughs> it, yeah. It was, it was pretty... Pretty funny when he stole that suit to go on his date and off the corpse, and it had the fucking split up the back. Tied in the back. And it was real short. Like, <laughs> they were like floods. The pants were real short. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, and, you know, the, the story overall made me think of, uh, as I'm, especially as I got about three quarters of the way for, through it, and it felt like the movie Requiem for a Heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, it's the same kind of thing where you, it's the one guy wanting to take advantage of their talent and then you have the the one who is although there is a twist in this one unlike requiem not the same kind 
but uh, you know, you have the the quote unquote manager who wants to take advantage of the talent, and the quote unquote trainer who is more concerned about his health and yeah. well being and that sort of thing. Same kind of story. So Jackie Gleason um, and Mickey Rooney. That was yeah, the requiem for a heavyweight one. Yes, and and uh, and Anthony Anthony Quinn, Anthony Quinn, yeah. Um, but that one was mostly boxing. That he only got in the wrestling at the end, and they made him look ridiculous as a wrestler. He was like Big Mountain or whatever his name was. Yeah. Or no, Mount that was his name all Mount the time. Rivera. I forgot what they made him be as a wrestler. Was he an Indian? Yeah, he was an Indian. Man. I can't remember the name they gave him. Chief Wahoo. <sighs> but I, yeah, I don't know. Like I say, I lost patience with this at the first forty-five or fifty minutes of it. Um, the wrestling at the end was cool, um, and everybody was fine. I, I really liked Armand Asante, uh, but Stallone was off and on. Um, this was the, of, well, I wonder if this because I know they were in uh, Judge Dredd together. I wonder if those are the only two movies that Stallone and um, Asante were Asante in. Asante were. Uh, I have to do some. They uh, played research. brothers in uh, Judge Dredd. We'll see. I'll flip through here. Judge Rico. Judge Rico. I like Judge Rico. I thought he was better than fucking Dread. Did they put a Rico in the new Dread movie? I can't remember. <laughs> that was one of the. Let's see. Marrying Man, Mambo Kings. No, I don't see. There's Judge Dread. That might have been the only two. Yeah, huh? I'm all the way up to 2003. So, unless they were, unless he was like in fucking Expendables or something, I doubt it. They ought to have him coming because uh, he makes uh, straight to DVD action movies too. But then again, who does? I think we're the only two people that don't. Yeah, we need to we need to get on that train. Um, but yeah, we, we can get into rating it here. I don't have a lot to add. Um, geez, uh, it's hard to rate. I, I think when I was a kid, I would have probably give it like a nine. <laughs> but now uh, Stallone is just—he's one of those ones that when he makes a bad movie, it's not like enjoyable bad it's usually like it's really fucking just fucking pisses me off bad like rhinestone uh, and not not just it's just him it's not anybody else because he's usually responsible for like writing it and the dialogue and everything um this had too much stallone yeah yeah he, he should have been the wrestler Although, although they did, he did, he did make a jab at his own height in it when he said that guy was too tall for him a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Oh my God! I give it a a six. Six. I give it a five and a half. It was better than average for me, probably because it was wrestling. Based. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll revisit it again though. It was all right. I like Terry Funk. He was good. Yeah, Funk. Terry Funk. I always loved Terry Funk because he fucking hated. Duff the Road. Duff the Road. The yellow dog. Egg-sucking dog. <laughs> Just, uh, is, was he the one that had the shirt that said Dusty Sucks Eggs? Um, <laughs> I think so, yes. Because I th- I can't remember which one of them. One of, one of the guys admitted, it was either Ernie Ladd or Terry Funk, admitted that they stole uh, the, the, the uh, der- uh, egg-sucking dog from each other because... Ernie Ladd used to say it fucking all the time. He called Dusty Rhodes a dirty egg suck, uh, that, that no good egg sucking dog. And uh, and <laughs> Funk used to say, "You egg sucking dog." And so you know, but anyway, I like to think probably they both. Well, well, he's an egg sucking dog. 
They probably both got it from, they're both from Texas. They both probably listen to country music, and Johnny Cash had a song called uh, Egg Sucking Dog. Did he really? Yes. Oh, there you go. It's an awesome song. They stole it. All right, let's take a break and come back and review all the marbles. Some lady wrestling back on the show. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. If you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How big is the cock? You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite <laughs> movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right arm. from an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. Oh my God, that's just that's so fun. All right, I already listened to this once. I'm not listening to it again. <laughs> cha, cha, I, did, I, I did plug one of these in. All right. Yay, the crickets. Yay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they like the crickets, too. Uh, Paradise, Paradise Alley. Jesus Christ. All the Marbles, 1981. Zom, would you like to synopsize? I'll do it. Yeah. This is the California Dolls, a female wrestling tag team endlessly touring America. And he's also romantically involved with one of them. <laughs> Their fortunes seem on the slide, particularly when Harry accepts an engagement involving a mud re- or involving mud wrestling. But then the big grudge match beckons. <laughs> Jeremy Perkins, thank you for that. <laughs> this is directed by Robert Aldrich. Um, you might know him from such films as Dirty Dozen, which is good. Um, the uh, Longest Yard, which I saw for the first time a couple months ago. Um, Ozana's Raid, which I also saw for the first time a couple months ago. So he uh, he had quite the career. This was his last movie ever. Um, died right, right after he finished fil- uh, filming this. So. Um, and one disappointing thing I did learn um, by clicking on probably IMDb somewhere is that the, a sequel was planned all along. It just never happened because he died. And they were going to be wrestling in Japan, which would have been cool. Yeah, um, yeah, because they would have had some great wrestling. Yeah, I found my old videotapes, um, including some of the old uh, Joshi Pro stuff uh, that I used to get online. So I have to watch that again. I got my VCR hooked back up. So yeah, um, all the marbles from eighty-one. This is starring Peter Falk. Um, now Peter Falk was in uh, the uh, Wings of Desire movie in eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. He aged a hell of a lot between eighty-one and eighty-seven. 
Uh, I remember him looking a lot older than, you know, he did here. Um, I mean, he lived to be, you know, he lived to be 83, died in 2011. Um, but he looked pretty young still here. Um, you know, still looking like, uh, Columbo age. That's in a, in, in a way. Yeah. Um, and this also stars, uh, Vicky Frederick as Iris and Lauren Landon, um, as, uh, as Molly. And they're both pretty, pretty hot. Um, Sucking. Hmm. now, I don't know which one uh, it was going to be, but apparently, and I don't remember where the hell I read this, um, on Wikipedia and IMDb, it says Kathleen Turner, uh, she uh, tried out for this, but the, um, I know the, the, the tryouts, the auditions for this were very uh, tr- uh, taxing on people because they actually wanted these women to wrestle. And I don't remember where I read this, but all it says on those two sites is that she just didn't get the role. I remember reading somewhere she didn't she get the hurt. role because during yeah she broke her hip. She got thrown yeah. out of the ring in the in the audition and broke her hip. Yeah, so I she thought I'd heard that too. Oh. I don't know where the hell I read that though. But um, yeah, so you got um, and I always like in these movies how they, I guess, treat they tr- they treat pro wrestling as a legitimate sport. Mm-hmm. And the only time you see, which, you know, we all know by now that it's not a, really a sport, but the, uh, as much as like what, an athletic exhibition? Like MMA. MMA. Do you like circus peanuts, the candy, circus peanuts? Circus, like those, those spongy uh, orange things? Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate their guts. I don't I hate, I mean, things. like, I don't like them, no. Do, I don't understand why I like them because they have to be one of the grossest candies ever. There's well, just man. not. There's just nothing really there to them, is there? So I don't. Know, I, I I can't imagine a fucking elephant eating them. I'd rather you know a peanut. <laughs> you got the tag team, the California Dolls, and they're managed by Harry Sears or played by Peter Falk. And when I was a kid, honestly, this is kind of what I imagined managers really did, like. Um, mm. Paul Ellering ma- managing uh, the Road Warriors, like he was always fucking reading the paper and stuff. And I just imagined in real life he was like doing their whole their finances. Well, see, there, there were some guys that did do that, and you just mentioned mm-hmm. one of them, which is Paul Ellering. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He was yeah. actually like a, a business manager to them, the Road Warriors, and actually booked uh, their flights and did all that shit. But then, like somebody like Bobby Heenan. He would say, like, these guys would be like, hey, you know, uh, you need to book my hotel. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He was just the character. <laughs> but there were some yeah. guys that would actually, I think I think uh, Gary Hart might have did some of that stuff, too, like where they were actually got along, but they were like the brains and helped them manage their money and yeah, shit. That, but most that, of them were just a, character guys. You know? Just character. And that's, you know, and the, um, but I, I like that. I like that aspect of this. Is that he doesn't wrestle at all? Um, he gets in the ring a couple times during a match, but really it's just it's like a it's just a protest. <laughs> with that and cane, with the cane, one man deal. The um, and unlike uh, unlike reality, uh, he is the he's the manager of the the faces. I guess they're the they're the good guys. So most of the time, the manager most of the time managers were for bad guys because the uh, you know the heels. They usually weren't. They didn't necessarily have to be the best on the mic. They were usually monsters, big ugly guys, and the manager would be there to kind of get them extra heat. Fucking cheaters! 
Yeah, make them help them cheat and like uh, you know, or, or Heenan, like you mentioned, or, or Cornette with all of his guys and um. So, but he's just here, I mean, because he's a manager and like uh, I'm trying to think of some good guy managers. I think I they really Humperdinck. Yeah, most of the, they, Humperdinck for Bam Bam. Yeah, some of those guys, but it it just didn't work. I remember when Ted DiBiase tried to manage the Steiners when they were good, and there oh, were some um, guys like that, but. There's, did, like uh, you said, there's no real point to them. They don't. Yeah, yeah. Cheat what, or, what was the? It was. Uh, it was. Uh, um, um, Who's the guy with the rubber bands in his beard? He wrestled. He he managed the British Bulldogs at one point. Uh, Lou Albano. Oh yeah, Lou. but he, yeah, but he, he was did, a bad he, guy for fucking ever. He, yeah, he did heal. He did heal man. That was just one of those good. deals where he was around for they they're around for so long that people start to like them, and then they just yeah. or, or they <laughs> they think okay, I still want to work, but I'm tired of getting stabbed and beat up and shit. <laughs> yeah. So um. You know the uh, the wrestling in this has to. I, I gotta say, it looks it looks good. Um, they're really beating the shit out of each other there a few times, and there's some good looking moves and stuff. I mean, like there's, um, you know, I mean it's it's definitely uh, it's 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 definitely late seventies, early eighties style wrestling. But they do some stuff like they do some uh, big top rope spots. They do uh, there's a tilt a whirl backbreaker in there. I thought that was pretty good. That was near the end, but. Um, they really looked like they were really laying in there. So, I mean, some of those drop kicks, especially, looked fucking brutal. Did that fucking last movie? That's probably the only time in my life I ever saw Terry Funk do a drop kick. Did he not? Well, yeah, I think he did the drop kick more when he got old and probably shouldn't have been doing the drop yeah. kick at all. Um, Different. But um, it's this this film focuses a lot on the uh, like their life on the road. Um, you know, it seems to be all they know, and that's it's a it's. A, you have to you you get that a lot from this this well this and previous eras of pro wrestlers is that they're constantly you know shows are three three you know three hours long and they probably drive uh, all day to get there and then all <laughs> night to get back somewhere else right yeah oh yeah they, they do that a lot here time. so um, they don't really get into anything as far as uh, territories or anything like that. But, um, you know, these girls are just, I guess they're more like a bruiser Brody type. They're just traveling territory to territory. They yeah. just wrestle wherever they can. Um, I mean, they, the, you know, like I was saying, they treat wrestling as a, as a legitimate, like a, a, a shoot to use a, a wrestling word. Um, but there's Cafe. El- elements of it being a work like, uh, like the gimmicks, like they talk about the, uh, uh, and they and they want to stay legitimate. They they appreciate their what they do, their their craft of it. Um, even though it's draining on them to be on the road all the time, but they you know they don't want they don't want to be made up and flashy, and they don't want to be a character. They just want to be who they are. But uh, you know, there's mention of the you know this team that becomes their rivals, the Toledo Tigers, and both of those chicks were hot too. Mm-hmm. By the way. I thought they were too. Yeah, and uh, well, you know what? But if you watched like the old, even at that time, uh, the the women wrestlers really didn't wear anything sexy. Like I remember in Lipstick and Dynamite, they would talk about like how they would put like rubber tubing around the legs of their of their tights, and so they could pull it real tight so that they're they wouldn't like come stretched out and somebody see yeah, yeah. their cooch. But the, the <laughs> in this movie, it's like they're just wearing, wearing like one-piece bathing suits and they're pretty um, 
not sheer, but they're they're thin. I mean, they're hot. Yeah, and the the blonde Stop. chick, she there's a couple times she would lean over the top, and Ugh. her tit would just be like like it would like kind of rest over the top <laughs> rope, which I thought was great. And there was one time they were both close to Falk, and he was talking, and every time he would lift his right hand, he was like hitting her right in the tit, which was pretty <laughs> awesome. <They> were <laughs> Not hard, but just enough to make it move. Oof. Yeah, they were good looking. Good. Um, the. Uh, but the you know the, the the Toledo Tigers after the match they were under the impression that they were supposed to the go over because they were in, they were in Toledo. See that's where I kind of in this movie that part it seemed like they were kind of going along with it being a work. Yeah. But then they kind of go away from that and make it like it's actually a sport. I don't know. I didn't you know yeah, the, well, the dolls were like, you know, she's like, I don't fucking lose to anybody. And they're like, well, bitch, it's wrestling. It's not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, not a shoot. Um, <laughs> but the uh, MMA, they, um, <laughs> that's fake too. But they're, they, they're upset about not being taken seriously. And they, uh, and then, and they kind of touch on it. Um, and I tell you, I can tell you right now, this is one of the bigger problems I have with the movie is that they kind of touch on, a lot of things. Yeah. But, and it, it jumps. It, the, the editing in this is really weird. And I, I reviewed this on my blog years ago. And I remember feeling the same way when I watched it then. It was like, one, there's a lot of stuff I feel like they could just cut out completely. Um, because there's some little comedic parts that kind of almost feel shoehorned in. But then, right. like, it's just, some of it's just kind of choppy. Yeah, I thought it was and, yeah, poor editing. Yeah. I, and, I, like, you know, I don't get um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe Aldrich didn't really have time to have a hand in it since he was dying. since he died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, are you going to edit this shit today? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling. I don't so feel good. like it. The um, uh, but like that's you not know the funny. Even as yeah, I was doing that, it felt bad. It's been thirty years or more. Um, Molly, the wrestler Molly was. I mean, they touch on her having a pill problem, like pain relievers, but. There's really like they 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 talk about it once and then you don't hear anything. Yeah, else you about never it, see her really like, strung out or anything. Or, and and yeah. then at the one point when she says, you know, have you noticed? She's like, I've been I, I went cold turkey for two days, and it's like, well, yeah. I never saw where you're fucking acting. Any if they would have shown her like fucking like really jonesing, <laughs> yeah, to yeah, use yeah. an old term, or when she was getting off of him, like uh, you know, really. Fu- the only thing that they, they showed her is like she kind of was like emotional but hell mm-hmm. i mean they could have done that without that yeah yeah um and i i think falk is really he's cast very well at this what was i what else was i reading uh that uh paul newman was considered for his part too i, think. Oh, I could see that yeah um but he's he's like i'm glad they went with falk because he's just shysty enough where he could seem like an actual yeah, wrestling manager because school. the business then, yeah, the business then was not what it is today. It's, it wasn't the, you know, glamour and lights all the time. It was dirty. It was dirty gyms and high schools and shit like that. So it it's like, it seems like he could really work in the business, which I thought he that was, that was good. Newman might've been a little too attractive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What? Um, oh, I see. Yeah. He was a good-looking fucking dude. I wish well, I was fucking yeah. Paul Newman. I wouldn't be hurt. I wouldn't have been hurting in life if I looked like Paul Newman. Shit, no. Um, I just look at myself in the mirror and jag off. <laughs> and then I look at Rob the, Redford beside me, and I, you know, he'd be jacking off too. And 
I got to mention Burt Young in here. He's in it a little bit. I, I think I think Burt Young might have appeared more on our show than anybody else. That dude, I think we've done like 18 movies with Burt Young in it. But um, he plays a local promoter and um, yeah, not, a, not a strong part. He's kind of gross, but I did like that uh, Falk gave his Mercedes what he calls the stress test. Yeah, He's like, I'm thinking about buying a Mercedes. Yeah, he just takes a baseball I bat. I would like to have so, seen the, uh, the um, sex scene with him and Burt Young and that hot chick. Can you oh, imagine yeah, how gross that, that would have been? Oh, God, or Falk and her. Yeah, that was pretty bigger. So, how about that chick that Polk was fucking though? The, the, the oh my god! That, yeah, I got that coming up. Okay, uh, go ahead. Okay, Harry, come you, on! I put, out, I, I put the bubble bath in. Yeah. yeah, what a, what a set of knockers on her, man! Cut knockers. God, I don't know who she was, but she had a nice set of swangers. Just the swangers. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he's just kind of. I mean, he's sleazy, you know. Whatever. But I guess at one time he was with. Uh, what is her name in the movie? The, the brunette, uh, Iris. But I don't know if they're on again, off again, or what. Like you can tell, there was at least some something there at some point, mm. because he has a different sort of relationship with her than he does with uh, with Molly the blonde, um, including always <laughs> smacking the shit out. Yeah, of Yeah, I, uh, I didn't really care for that. Yeah. Now he the does one that a part where times. she was kind of freaking out and she was like hit hit like at him slapping him and hitting him like going wild okay i can maybe see the uh the old there's school. a little bit of justification in that like hey right. settle down you know He's, wait yeah. you know snap out of it kind of thing there's another time but she just like gives him some lip and he fucking bust hers so yeah, it's like jesus christ dude yeah and then well i mean and i mean he got it back a little bit not that not physically but you know the girl saying i never want to see you touch her again that sort of thing and um you know but again, with the drug thing, it's something they kind of touch on, but they, it just kind of like floats around and never really nails anything down. Um, they have a lot of like exposition scenes with him talking, telling stories, and the, like the uh, that beat up car. Was it a caddy that he was driving or what? Ah, something really something old, like that, like a Lincoln car. or a Cadillac. Or yeah. Had but they, smoke they're driving. out the fucking tailpipe all the time. Yeah, yeah. You never see them driving through anywhere fancy looking except when they go to uh, maybe Chicago when they pull into there and it's the big, yeah, the Chicago. But most places are very industrial looking, uh, very blue collar. I ate Indian food for lunch, man. I'm burping like crazy. Um, but the, uh, I, I, I kind of liked those scenes. Um, but the, uh, I don't know, the weird editing and stuff, it, it, it kind of hurts this movie, but they the ultimate story ends up being uh, they form this, I guess, rivalry with the, the, the Toledo Tigers. And, you know, he's working and doing his side things, trying to get them enough money to get them the big match so they can finally get over. Um, and I couldn't imagine back in the day how, if, a, if a guy a manager actually had to get a, a team over nationally, you know, back in the day it was like, you just had to get over in like two or three yeah, states for probably like but, six months or a year. And then you move on. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, they're riding in the car and I, I liked that scene when they, what did I, I wrote, I spy some dusty roads on that magazine cover, baby. <laughs> yes. Uh, they was reading wrestling world, baby. And who, be, who bespeckled the cover, but the America dream, America dream, dusty, dusty roads, road. baby. And and uh, Dusty at this time was a little heavy. He was a little chubby, chubby wubby. He, 
At this time? Jesus. Yeah. Was he ever not? <laughs> no. He was a fat yeah. egg second dog all his life. <laughs> With a blotch. Blotch. Um, <laughs> what was that blotch? Uh, but they, it, it's funny because they, you know, they don't know exactly how they're doing, but this, this wrestling, this res, quote unquote respected publication comes out and, uh, ranks them the third best tag team in the, in the, in the country. And they're like, Oh, they're really surprised. And he has to, he has to call on a payphone, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They're at a drive through grocery store, which I don't think I've ever seen. I've seen, well, that, we had drive through beer joint or like where you stop and get beer. They, yeah, they we have those. I've never yeah. seen a whole grocery store. I never either. Um, but I liked how peculiar he was about, like, he's like, give me some toothpaste, aqua fresh, and make sure it's on sale. And he would, he like pitches a little temper tantrum. How about later the cigarette machines? <laughs> See, that, and that was another scene. It was kind of dumb because it didn't really fit. Yeah. Like, him hitting the, the bat or the, or the gambling thing, like the, with attacking those guys in the street. That doesn't go anywhere either. Yeah. Although when when he beats up those guys with the bat, like it was obvious the bat was fucking rubber because you could see it just bending in his <laughs> it's hand. It's like Scott Steiner's um, lead pipe. <laughs> uh, so no, Scott Steiner's just so ripped he can make the pipe bend when he swings it. Yeah, yeah. But I used to love those rankings in the wrestling magazines. Like I fucking so would, cool. when I was a kid, I would look at those and I'd be like, oh my god, fucking Greg Valentine is the number one most hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was awesome. And they'd have the I three. Love... They'd have AWA, NWA, WWF, and then they would have most hated, most popular, and tag teams. We. Um, I was we like, I'd be like, up. how the fuck could Greg Valentine be more hated than fucking Abdul the Butcher? You know, it's like, well, he just broke Wahoo's leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there's a good T-shirt there too. Yeah, I, I, I broke, broke Wahoo's once. leg. Um, <laughs> and then you should see the one where it said I sucked Wahoo's dick <laughs> I sucked Dusty's egg <laughs> <laughs> the um, but the I used to we used to go to this grocery I store sucked called Tom's Eggs Cock <laughs> <laughs> Brian Pillman baby <laughs> Brian, Brian! <laughs> we used to go to the food fair the grocery store called Food Fair. It was awesome because they had a circus theme. They had a fuck. They had these colorful flags, but they would have the wrestling magazines on the magazine rack there, and I'd go read the fucking rankings and everything. Dude, my in the seventies, I swear to God, there was nothing greater than going to People's News and fucking finding these wrestling magazines <laughs> and to sell the magazines. They talk about it now that, but Bill Apter and those guys that, that did the magazines because none of the stories were true. They like if they interviewed somebody, they never they didn't interview anybody. They would just make up an interview. <laughs> and they would make nice. up stories and just put them in there. The wrestlers didn't know anything about it or anything. And they would try and put the bloodiest pictures on the cover because they yep, said it yep, sold. Yep. Or Apartment House Wrestling with the, the chicks, which was all fake. Because they'd have like yeah, Senka that... against some chicken. And they, they created this thing, this story, that there was this uh, Apartment House Wrestling that went all over the United States. And uh, these they would get these two like beautiful women and they'd be in lingerie and they would wrestle in, in like a living room of an apartment for the championship. And, and I mean, it's like <laughs> when I, I hated, like if my mom would see the ones with the apartment house wrestling, cause I'd be like embarrassed, but then there would be like Jimmy <laughs> Valiant or Bobby Heenan or dusty or some or superstar. Billy Graham was another one that just had blood all over his face on the cover. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and I, 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 and I think I've mentioned it on the show recently, but that, that one, 
I don't know if it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated or what that had the fucking the, the Hogan head on a spear with yeah, Kamala that used to, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> which was so bad. I mean, it, was, it looks dumb if you look that up, but but um, the final the final wrestling match, I, I I loved I loved the part like how they how he got the gimmick all to come together. The, the stuff with the kids was kind of yeah. dumb, but their costumes are pretty spectacular and. Uh, it, it it was good. The match was really good. I mean, the fucking last match is like thirty minutes of an hour and a half movie. But yeah, you know, um, you think it's now, no. But th- this movie was wasn't it close to two hours long. Yeah, it's about an hour forty nine. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, I mean, and then you, but you have twenty minutes of of just uh, one wrestling yeah. match. But it was good. Yeah, good I mean, it was entertaining. Chunk. It was good wrestling match. Got lots of good looking match. Uh, Didn't uh, they say uh, moves that the, was it Hector or Chavo Guerrero Senior trained these girls? I don't know if I he. I think it was Hector, maybe. Hector. Well, he trained the Glow Girls. Oh, okay. I don't know if I don't know if he trained anybody in this movie, but this is this was pre-Glow, but by a couple years. But it doesn't. I only only a couple times does it have that kind of feel because with Glow, like you know, we did that documentary, but the uh, that they had all the the skits and oh, and it says like uh, uh, former female wrestling champion Mildred Burke. She was in lips. They talked about her in lipstick and dining. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm a fan of this one. The 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 editing and some of the weird attacked on stuff. Like, yeah, it could have it could have been tighter, and uh, it could like it could have been a better movie than it was due to technical stuff. Like, because the subject matter is, was is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's well acted and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of it? Well, when I first saw this uh, as a small child when was this made 81, 81. <laughs> so not that from high school in 84 um, <laughs> um i liked it a lot because i i liked that they portrayed the the wrestling as like a sport and i thought the girls were just fucking gorgeous they were hot and and because mm-hmm. i was so used to seeing moolah and uh, fucking Lalani Kai and these and the, these women wrestlers that were you know like I said they, uh, but the thing is, when you think about women wrestling, um, being good looking, you know, it's gonna be like who gives a shit? It's very sexist to say, you know, well, well yeah, this I mean, woman no, none was of the kinda, guys were good looking, right? Uh, but but I would think that. I don't know if Vince McMahon took a page from this movie, but you know you had those women that were very like those were the women from like Lipstick and Dynamite, the documentary, and that were the women wrestlers that traveled the circuit for years, and none of them were really like real gr- glamorous or anything, but they could work their ass off. But yeah. then uh, Vince, whose dad had those women, and that you know they worked for him for a long time. Uh, and other promotions. Um, once McMahon Jr. got in there, and it was, you know, of course, Elizabeth was a manager. But then when you got into the Tory Wilson, Trish Stratus. Uh, well, even like Wendy Richter was still pretty good yeah, looking. But then he, she was you know, probably was one of the first, the you know, what would be considered a good looking modern woman. But then yeah. when you hit the diva period where they started getting those fitness uh, women. Uh, yeah. Then they they'd start looking like these chicks, and you're like, holy shit, you know? Yeah, I'll watch that crap. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I thought there were some times where Peter Falks uh, would uh, he would get pissed, like when they were driving down the road, and he was making them jog, and he would yeah. get pissed, and and uh, he took off and drove up the road, and then when they showed up, he like uh, 
jumped on him about, you know, I've got this plan and all this and that. And there was just some times where he would, and I know they kept, they, they would call him the, the son of a bitch. Uh, cause he, he was hard on him or whatever. And that was fine. But it, cause you knew, you know, you're riding in the car so long that it's gotta, you know, you're going to get on each other's nerves and he would, you know, like rule over him. Like he would listen to mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. music he wanted to listen to. He would, uh, drive slow or not turn the heat up or put him in a flea bag hotel. So they just got tired of him, but there, but, and, and I can understand that. But then the times where he would go off and like, like you said, when he slapped uh, the one girl a couple times, it's like, Jesus Christ. Now, the, there was an infamous scene in this. I don't know if I say infamous. It was a hot scene where they did the mud wrestling. Yeah. I watched that today, and this is the first time I've looked closely. When they're all covered with mud and they start ripping each other's tops off and there's nudity, mm-hmm. but they have mud all over their tits and the, you can see their tits. I don't think that either one of the main girls that was supposed to be in there, I don't think they were in there. I don't either. I th- because when I was w- when I was watching it, I was trying to see. Well, where's uh, um, the the brunette and the blonde? Uh, you know, uh, Vicky Frederick and Lorene Landon. I kept trying to see. It was hard to keep them straight because everybody was covered in mud. Which one was the other team and which one was their team? Because they were all in there at the same time. But when I was watching it, I don't think that either one of them was in that mud wrestling thing. I think it was just like. Four Playboy models or something. Now that uh, mm-hmm. Vicky Frederick did show some tit in the shower when she was in yeah her when she's night. crying after she got her lip busted. Yeah, and that's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, not re- not really. <laughs> I've seen the that Lorene Landon in a bunch of the blonde. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. She played Armada Sante, who was in, in I the Jury. Armada Sante played Mike Hammer, and she was his secretary, Velda. And she was nice. hot in that too. She wore a lot of fucking uh, uh, like tight sweaters and stuff. <laughs> they look good in jeans too, man. This is like when they were at that yeah. carnival, just walking around in jeans. And then the one scene, this is—I thought this was really fucking uh, weird. I mean, I know it's done for the dudes, but before their big match where they came out in the um, the getups, uh, they're putting up the ring, and um, Vicky Frederick comes in. And sits in the the chairs, and Burt Young comes in, and they have he. I thought it was kind of. I didn't also did not like the fact that she fucked Burt Young. Burt Young. I thought that was kind of like or quote unquote went out dancing. Yeah, I mean, but I I was like, man, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't think I would go that far. That's pretty degrading. And I know that they showed her crying, and that's why Falk slapped her that one time and everything. But still, I would find it. I, but then again, you know, there's women that go out and do porn and do all yeah. kinds of shit to try and get ahead. But um, I didn't like. I I thought that kind of took away from it. I would have liked it better if they would have just gotten noticed. And maybe Burt Young was trying to hold him down or something, but it, they were like, fuck you. I thought that was kind of, I don't know. But, and it, I, I know why it was in there. But anyway, she stands up. He puts her hand, his hand on her leg or whatever. She stands up to leave, and she has on the tight, or the, the shortest, tightest white shorts. <laughs> I mean, and her, like, her camel toe is like right in his face and then and and she she has really long legs and she's got like these fucking pumps on which i'm like okay i don't know it just looked it looked kind of 
goofy and uber horish. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just going to go walk around. I think I'll put on like a fucking pair of, uh, you know, with my ass hanging out. But still look good. I guess she was a dancer or something uh, okay. before they made, you know. So she had, she was athletic because of that. Now, Mean Joe Green didn't do himself any favors. Oh, uh, I don't God, know if this. He sounded terrible. Yeah. This might have been the second movie. He was in Black Six, which he was awful in that. But he, all he did was. Do ring the ring announcing, and he was fucking horrible. Um, mm. I liked the movie. I thought the wrestling was really good. I, they they women's wrestling even today is different than men's wrestling. I mean, because I mean, of course, they don't have the upper body strength. That, well, they don't have the and they don't have the weight to make the same kind of impact right. when they fall or hit the ropes or whatever. But but I I did like you said when they were laying the forearms in or the kicks and stuff, it did seem you know they made it look real and they sold it like it was real. Like there was a couple times where the brunette Vicky Frederick got hurt, like or she would be like laying on the the apron and the other girl would have to mm-hmm, fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who the girl the. Um, the Japanese girl wrestlers were. I don't know if they were actually really female lady wrestlers, but um, I thought it was really good. I, I, I'm, I'm like you though. There was something missing um, with how it's assembled. With how it's assembled, and it did feel fragmented. And and um, I thought it. I just for for it being Altman or Aldrich. I almost said Altman. If it was Altman, it would have been like. Uh, just everybody talking at the same time. Um, but uh, I, and, and, hey, speaking of Altman, uh, I reviewed McCabe and Mrs. Miller on Talk Without Rhythm, which was the the segment that was never heard because it oh yeah, that one got erased, right? But, yeah, but um, uh, fucking Warren Beatty is seventy seven years old today, and that fucker price still oh. looks better than me. Um, but uh, other than that, it's it's a fun watch. I mean, it's it's kind of long yeah it could have been so much better if it was cut tighter hour and, and a half uh, and, and you know uh but um this is one that i could go back and watch again whereas paradise alley i've seen i probably saw it uh 20 some years ago and haven't seen it since and watched it and i probably won't watch it for my lifetime again i don't know like i said <laughs> funk's in it so it's a part of his history and i'm a big fan so yeah 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 and like i said i like armada sante in that one but uh this one was it was pretty good and uh it yeah. did not hurt itself by having two really hot really chicks. hot chicks yeah but you know and uh, you know like i was saying the same thing it's it, there's a there's a great movie at least at least a great wrestling movie hidden in here yeah. With with a little more, I'd like to see somebody take something. it and fucking re-edit it. Yeah, yeah. I, I give it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, it, it, this could be like an eight if it was if it was like assembled a little better. Yeah, I think so too. Um, there were parts of it where Peter Falk was likable, like when he would bash the fucking cigarette machine or bash the yeah. guy's car or you know some shit like that. But there was a lot of it in here where he was just kind of a grouch. You know, and a scumbag, kind of a jerk, and I don't know. Um, I'm with you. Six point five. It's it's not great. It's um, it for the longest time it was out of print, and now it's uh, is it that um, Warner Archives? Warner Archives. Yeah, yeah, you can get it that way. Uh, so you can get it's, it that way, but it's not. Those are never cheap. 
Well, I, I mean, you, you can, can watch it. it. You can rent it. You can rent it on Amazon. Yeah, I think maybe. Um, I can tell you in a minute. I think watch now I think Amazon if you're Instant a Video. Wrestling fan, especially if you're an old school wrestling fan, you'll you'll enjoy it. I don't know if this one. I don't know. I do you think that chicks would like this movie? Since it revolves around chicks, uh, I, think they I don't know. It's. I mean, maybe. Who knows it's what little, they fucking think, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even think they do. <laughs> I don't think that's even in. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, decent movie. All right. Yeah, you can get it on. You can watch it on Amazon. You can rent it or buy it. So on we kind of had two meh, movies meh, this week. Man, wrestling movies. Meh. Oh well, can't win them all. All right, let's take a break and come back and do zero feed sack and maybe announce a karaoke contest. Zero dark we'll right feed back. sack. Zero. Yes, we'll be right back. We're going to torture the fucking... F- well, no, we're not going to get tortured this week. No feed sack. No, no torture. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> no one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer Films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that Amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. This is not Come very intimidating. And get me be my guest. <laughs> so you think you're big and strong. Right. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. All right. Let me tell you something. What? People can say whatever they want about Big Daddy, but he and his uh, Shirley Crabtree and his brother Max Crabtree single-handedly killed fucking wrestling in England, and it still has never come back. With They're trying. I mean, he was. Uh, I mean, I, I we had fucking characters like that over here, but they just fucking hung on and hung on and pushed him and pushed him, and he was just this fat fucking. <laughs> but you know what the, the, the thing is? I mean, they had some fucking great wrestlers too. Mm-hmm. The Snake Pit. Fucking a. All right, we don't have any feed sack this week. Oh my fucking god! I know, sons of bitches. But whoa, we will use this time to introduce or to plug our. Uh, well, first, our continuing um, feedback thing. Please send us some, <laughs> some not feedback uh, uh, reviews on iTunes. 
I don't think we got any more. <laughs> but uh, you know, I got those DVDs to mail you. Come on, nobody wants to have anything. like one or two interests. We, I don't know we give away jerk. free shit, and everybody's like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> I don't want anything free." I'm gonna go post about a silver and gold thing on Gentleman's Guide Group. Okay, I'll be <laughs> there. Um, so the. Uh, but yeah, so leave us some feedback, U.S. listeners on iTunes, and uh, I got some DVDs to send you. Um, and <laughs> we're gonna do a new karaoke. Oh my god, that's fun. Um, so yeah, let me start this here. So there, there's there's uh, places you can find the karaoke version of uh, Bon Jovi's "Dead or Alive," our new karaoke song. Um, and for those of you intimidated by Sly or whatever, please don't be because we, yeah, I mean, we judge everyone equally. You don't have to you don't have to come up with funny themed lyrics. You don't just all you got to do is the guy that took him down. Exactly. Took down Sly. What if Sly could make a whole music video? Could make a whole music video, and you could come back with just some enthusiasm and a. A good rendition, and you might you might win the the Richie Sambora statue. This thing stands six inch, six and three eighth inches. It was created by Todd fucking McFarlane. <laughs> if only you had a way to dip it in in bronze to make it a true trophy. Shit, yeah. I guess you could. Um, so, and you honestly. You don't even have to do the whole fucking song if you don't want to do the four minutes. Give us, give us some good, give us some uh, some lyrics and give us a good chorus, and uh, we just want to hear some enthusiasm. Call us in. Um, so I yeah, wish, I, you know who that. we need to hear from. I sh- I don't know if I should call people out though. I thought eh, call them out. They're not God, listening to the show anyway. Metal Mikey was the best karaoke guy of all time. I'd like to hear a rend- my, my yeah Mikey. Come on, buddy. It'll 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 but he cheer disappeared. you up. I want to. I know, but Mike Mikey's gone gone through a rough rough patch. But we're here for you, Mikey, and we want you to sing because we're gonna we're gonna laugh with you, and it's gonna be awesome. No, we're so. gonna laugh at you. We're gonna laugh at you and point. <laughs> so I want you to put on your fucking sparkly Lemay jet vest. I want you to wear a big headband, and I want you to sing this into the phone or an email. So. Um, you can send us feedback or karaoke entries to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. And listen to our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on our website at silvaandgold.com. So next week, we do have some uh, listener-assembled films. Um Will was pissed that we had never done a uh, giallo, but we had, so yeah. we showed that asshole. He's usually pissed um, about a lot of stuff, and a lot of times it's like stuff that it's like, what are you pissed about? <laughs> he just gets pissed. He's a very angry such man. A, such an angry person. Ang- I thought Canadians were supposed to be just like laid back and this guy's just angry, angry all the time. Um, we're gonna do a couple gialli. <laughs> you know how those uh, wee beckers are. <laughs> the uh, we're gonna do uh, two giallo, two gialli. Um, we're gonna do 1975's "Strip Nude for Your Killer," which I'm certain will have some Edvige Fennec titties in it, directed by Andrea Bianchi. Um, and we're gonna do uh, 1972's "Who Saw Her Die," or 
Chi la vista morire. What's the other one? Hang on. Let me get this one. Nude per l'assassino. Yeah. Strip nude for your podcast. Is Richie Sambor the one that was that banged what's her Heather? What's her face? Fucking forever, and then he got really bloated. He's like our podcast, so fucking bloated. <laughs> uh, it is a little bloated. Um, so yeah, strip nude for your killer and who saw her die last week. I timed it pretty well. It's right at the end of the song. So um, that's it for me. Zom, do you have anything else, sir? Just in time for some Midnight Express. I don't have jack or shit. I'm going to no. go. I haven't left the house today, so I'm gonna, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to throw on some clothes, throw on some shoes. I don't have anywhere to go. I have nothing to do, but I'm going to put on some fucking Bon Jovi, and I'm going to be like <laughs> El Chivato. Billy the Kid, and I'm I made a uh, going around. I made a I made a I'm a, a a Bon Jovi playlist on my on I made a, a, a iTunes radio station on my uh, iPhone. Though. You know what we ought so. to do when when we have the, announced the winner of this contest, we'll do uh, Young Guns, which is what this yes. is from, right? I've never seen and it. <laughs> Bon Jovi has he's been in some other movies. He did he did a vampire movie that looked pretty shit. There you go. Yeah, this fucking right. song. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is one of those songs. Like for me, Bon Jovi's one of those bands that I don't say they made the greatest music of all time, but every hit they ever had is one that's like fun to sing with a group of people. Fuck yeah. Oh, this is the one where he's fucking flying across the stage. <laughs> Look at his hair. All right. Jesus. That's I'd it. Like to take him by his ankles and dust my basement. <laughs> John Bond Swiffer. All right. This is <laughs> Until huge, next right? time. Like exactly the same. There's this little grub coming out the fucking end of the teased. <laughs> little little acorn in the giant boosh. All right, until next time, this is Aloof Oot. Song. Oot. Bye-bye. <laughs>